Hello, everyone. Welcome back for another week of Growing With My Fellow Growers. I'm your host, Jack Greenstock, joined, as always, by an amazing panel. This week, we're a little bit short. It is the Puppy Bowl, also the Super Bowl this week. So uh, I know a lot of you are out there watching that Puppy Bowl, most importantly. But there might also be some Super Bowl watchers as well. And uh, all of you are missing out on uh, Growing With My Fellow Growers and the Puppy Bowl, of course. But with that being said, I want to pass it over first to Spartan Grown. Welcome back. Thanks, Jack. Thanks for having me. Thanks, uh, chat, for coming. The, the few people that are probably popping in here, I'm sure Super Bowl is going to reduce our numbers some, but uh, it's still, I'm still glad to be here. I'm still glad that we're here to be able to talk uh, like every week, and I'm still proud to try to get more people growing at home. That's really what it's all about. So I'm Spartan Grown. You can find me on Instagram at Spartan Grown, all one word, no spaces, or you can uh, just shoot me an email at SpartanGrown at gmail.com, and I'd try to help you with all of your cannabis growing needs happy to have you back and the only other panelist we've got with us tonight so far is and last and certainly not least in the introductions the american one hello jack spartan everyone in chat i am the american one and every bowl i pack is a super bowl so i'm not missing out on anything which is good um but yeah, I'm the American one on YouTube and the American one underscore with underscore E. Keens on the IG. Most of you know where to find me. Hit me up on the DMs and IG if you uh, want to ask me any questions or inquire about some beans. And uh, yeah, it's good to be here. Good to have you back. It's, uh, you know, not any really particular topic of note tonight because uh, it is a shorter night. I figured it'd just be more of a hangout. One of the uh, longtime listeners, um, He's a data analyst. Brian, 420 p.m., had sent me something about Athena and their EC levels being like extremely high. And uh, I thought that might be a good topic. But without Dr. MJ and the rest of the crew, I don't know if that's one that we want to get super deep into. But uh, maybe if anybody in the chat has some questions that they want to throw our way, they're more than happy to. We maybe uh, take some chat questions because you just got three of us. So more than likely, all three of us will be able to get to those answers. And uh, otherwise, we could just uh, go around and do a little check in and uh, see how we're doing. Tao, what are you uh, smoking on tonight? And how's the garden? Um, smoking, actually, I don't know what it is. I think it's the Tomark by Blueberry. And I have a little, uh, dry sip that fell through on my, uh, my pollen box that I have. Um, yeah, that's what I'm smoking on. My, I got a bond. My garden's all good. I, uh, I have some uh, beans maturing right now. So I'm, uh, half excited about that and half, uh, not too excited about shucking them all, but that'll be a little ways away. But now I got to find a place like let it all, you know, whatever. It's all good. I love it. But yeah, that uh, that tent's going to get cleaned out, washed out, and uh, re refilled. And I'm taking a lot of cuts. I'm taking, uh, yeah, I think I talked about it maybe last week on the show about how I was debating on what I'm going to use to start cuts. So I had uh, Rockwell Cubes. And I had some leftover, I fi finished off the straight up pro mix, which is what I was saying. I like the pro mix, but I don't want to keep buying stuff. Like I've been reusing my soil. It's been doing good. And I've been trying to figure out a better way. But uh, so I have been using old soil that I rinsed through really good with water because that was my fear. It'd be too hot to take cuts, you know, but I have a whole bunch in like rinsed out old soil and some of them have taken and some of them, uh, I haven't really poked around yet. And then I got a whole bunch in Rockwell Cube. So for now, that's what I'm at. Not too much new and exciting. I do have the uh, 
I have one female and two males of this seeds I came across in my uh, when I was, you know, going through all my seeds. It was a freebie set from AK Beam Rains, labeled Sensi Star slash RKS. So I'm assuming it's Sensi Star crossed with an arc, you know, a roadkill skunk of some sort, and I couldn't help but uh, pop those. So I'm gonna see what that's like. I just uh, took cuttings off of those. And I planted the female, so hopefully she'll do good for me. Good stuff. Spartan, what are you uh, smoking on tonight, and how are things going in your garden? I was uh, smoking macaron today, and then uh, after that, I've got some goodies that were brought to me. Uh, shout out to Indica B. Uh, he uh, came over and hung out for a little bit today, and he dropped me off some flowers, so I'm going to check that out. Later, I got some cookies and cream. I got some motor breath. And what was the final one? Let me see. It was called something... Point break. That's a new one for me. So and that's the other one. But um, yeah, as far as my garden's going, everything's cruising right along. I've got a uh, I'm excited in my in my flower room. I've got a blue dream that I've got in there. My first time growing it. So that is going to be a fun, fun experience. I think <laughs> it's already stretching. And then uh, in my veg i've started doubling up my plants in my sip container so i can pheno hunt some of the crosses i've made with the vortex so i've done two i've got two spartan pukes which is the donnie burger cross in one pot two snow cane cross which is the snow devil in a pot so it's going to be i'm gonna have to grow smaller plants obviously but just two in the same pot and then uh i got a project b also going so I want to get all those into flower soon, obviously, to get, which still they're probably going to take a few more weeks at least to get big enough to really throw in there. But I'm probably going to do that from here on out. It's just a uh, phenol hunt two at a time in, in one pot until I find some keeper cuts because eventually I want to make some F2s. So just take, you know, all right now I'm hunting out the females. Once I get a female I really like, then I'll start popping and hunting out the, the males and make my own F2s on on any of them but funny thing about it is is when you get into the breeding game like uh when i bred those uh, <laughs> vortex just the open pollination project i had four planters with four plants two males and two females in a tent and uh and they bred in there but i don't throw out my soil right so i save my soil so i've used I'm starting to reuse some of those pots now. They're coming back into the cycle and they're sprouting like cover crops of cannabis <laughs> because obviously when I was harvesting or bumping the plants, sometimes some of the seeds fell and I've even reused some of the soil just like in one gallon pots, you know, repotting up and stuff. And I'm getting this like these little three to five little fucking cannabis plants shooting up <laughs> in these pots. And I'm like, oh man, I wonder how long this is going to last. I mean, my first instinct is I want to dig them all out and pheno on them, right? But man, there's just too many. I'm just gonna, just gonna start fucking whacking them. Might have some random hemp in there from old gnarly barley's of the past or something, but uh, hopefully not. And uh, more hopefully to stay able to chop and drop. But with that said, I want to give a second to welcome Matthew Gates, who jumped in a little bit after our introduction. Yeah, I've been having major connection issues. Anyone who uh, has followed me over for my live stream, which I normally have about one p.m. PST uh it like cut out i don't know what's going on a lot of weird things are happening lately anyways um yeah i'm matthew gates i'm an integrated pest management specialist most of you already know that 
And for those who don't know, you can check me out at Zenthanol, the YouTube channel, and Zenthanol.com for professional inquiries if you got some pest issues. Whether you're a large commercial scale grower or a small home grower, I like to make that information available to as many people as possible. Sounds good. Well, we're happy to have you back. And are you smoking along with us tonight or uh, just hanging out? Uh, yeah, actually, I um, I have some stuff from a old friend that I was breaking out recently. Um, Ati Farms, A-H-T-I, Ati Farms. I haven't, their Sevastopol Sour is one of my favorites. I think I've talked about it here beforehand, but I had a little bit left from that I had stored away in a nice cold container and everything. And uh, yeah, it's been pretty nice. Forgot I had it, actually, because I was saving it for a rainy day. And it's been pretty rainy lately, so it's fitting. I just came across one that I think you might like. It reminded me of uh, what you described as one you called Tang. I think um, this one's called Sunny C. I think it's like a play on Sunny D, but like Sunny Cannabis. Huh, that's cute. I like it. That. Does it tastes a lot like that Sunny Delight beverage, and uh, very citrusy, orangey, like almost art- artificial orangey, like not like a natural orange, but a little bit sweeter. A touch of gas, which I personally prefer and enjoy, but uh, definitely nice to come across something like that that kind of hits that really nice uh taste palette and uh reminds you strongly of something that you've had in the past i had a sulfuric gassy sample from a the san diego farmer's market um cup that i'm judging recently and uh, i actually have to get all the i have to get everything done which i'm practically done sampling um by midnight tonight and it was like gassy and sulfury I don't know the name or anything like that, but it was sample number 35. So I'm very curious to find out who that is after we're done. That'd be cool. It's also cool that it's unbiased and they just give you a number and not the name because yeah, sometimes the name does taint it and people are like, oh, it's called pineapple. So it tastes like pineapple. And otherwise they might just be like, oh, that's citrusy or like lemony, but they might not say pineapple right off the top. Uh, that's why it's nice to have just a number and let people objectively kind of uh, review it for themselves. Yeah, I have to say what I like about it is that it's not like in um, not, nothing necessarily wrong or inherently wrong, but I do like that's like a people's cup and not so much like a, you know, like, a, you know, there's certain there's like an expert group of people who are like, you know, it's good because of this and that reason. Um, much more, I guess, customer friendly that way, I feel like. But they have a place for both. I think really yeah, they have like the homegrown and then the commercial, right? I've I've honestly seen yeah I'll say back in the back in the traditional market days man I've seen some nefarious things and I'm sure go the go the same way in the legal market but people are extremely influenced by just the way you talk so oh yeah if somebody you know looks at you like an expert or looks at you like somebody that knows more about it than they do they can be talked into just about about anything and it's it's Sometimes I like, <laughs> like to call I've this somebody the... who like I've smoked some he's like you know I've sat in a guy's house before and he showed me some some cannabis and I was like man that doesn't look the greatest there's something going on with that and they're like oh I know it was this you know bullshit but watch this watch this and then somebody comes over and he talks it up like it's the best fucking shit ever and the person looks at it and is like yeah give me a bunch of that I'm like why are you proud of that dude so yeah be 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 wary of 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 other people's opinions on stuff i just caution you to to try yourself because you can really be influenced by 
by other people. I even try to do that when, um, for myself, I like to have other people, like if I have a new strain, I want them to try it first. I won't tell them what I think. I might yeah. say, I think it's good. I might say, I, th I think this is really good, but I won't say, you know, I get this, I get that, I get this until they tell me what they think. And then I'll tell them what I think. And then together we usually can come to a, maybe even a mutual conclusion, but uh, I don't like to influence them. I was just uh, reciting a situation when I, um, I think I've told it on the a story here before, but the long story short is that uh, I was homebrewing some alcohol and I decided to make stuff not from fruit like I normally do, but from like, uh, just from like some um, like pineapple juice, but it wasn't just pineapple juice. There was like other spices added to it or whatever. Anyways, I made it like I did my fruit wines and I tried it. I, I didn't like it. It was, it was pretty gross to me but I told my friend you know hey I made this stuff didn't tell him I didn't like it I was like hey you want to try some he's like oh I love it and I said you can have it all <laughs> so yeah you know like you can't account for taste right and then there's also some people are more suggestible and or agreeable so suggestibility yeah. being like you say hey I have this really grapey smelling cannabis and then you hand it to somebody they're like wow that does really smell a lot like grape and then agreeable, somebody's just like, they want to go along with whatever you say. So they're just going to agree with, yeah, it does smell like grape or whatever. So those two th two factors, I think, especially because a lot of cannabis users are just generally friendly. I think suggestibility slash agreeability uh, tend to rank highly among friendly people. So um, it can yeah. be problematic to suggest or, you know, put out there what you think before somebody is able to unbiased try it. I'm not a big believer in uh, telling the white lies to make the people feel better. I tell them like it is pretty much almost all the time, which is a problem sometimes. But yeah, I believe you should tell the truth, whatever the truth might be. So that's one of my flaws, to be honest. <laughs> I do know when to keep my mouth shut, though. That's another part of the process. Yeah, just don't say anything. <laughs> That's well, but what's the alive. truth here, though? That's the, I think that's the thing. If it's like an objective truth, and I'm not going to get into like the, the, the philosophy of it. But like, yeah, I agree. Like, if you don't like it, you should tell people. Or if you're like, oh, I can't really smell it. I, it's, it's, it bothers me. Like, I, when I drink, I mean, I don't really drink anymore. But when I used to, it wasn't even that much. You know, I would always, I just, you know how, you guys could probably tell I'm an analytical person. When I look at the label and it's like oh it's got notes of chestnut and all these other things that are you know some things are more common right like oak if it's like oak you know distilled or whatever but some of these things where i'm just like oh it's got like meringue <laughs> what kind of meringue like i don't you know i don't know like like i had some dried goji berries recently and it struck me that uh they were they had like a cereal like flavor to them almost grain like but it, when I say it like that, it probably sounds not very appetizing, but it's actually kind of a nice breaded, farinaceous, I don't know what the words are, mealy, but it was like a good taste. It almost, it's like a, um, like the way that like bread tastes when it like hits your tongue. I don't know. And how different is, I haven't had a goji berry. I haven't had the experience of trying one yet. Uh, how is that different from the fresh berry? When they're fresh, you know, they're still kind of wrinkly, but um, they're, they're like, they're not super juicy. They're kind of, um, they're kind of like, they've got some um, um, solidity to them and, and they're pink and, and, and not that that really helps. Maybe it does, but like, they've got like a, they've got like a, a, a mild berry flavor, 
I feel like kind of something I would associate with like slightly sweet, you know, kind of closer to, um, I used to grow a Gary, I used to have a goji berry tree um, at my parents' place when I was growing up. Uh, I planted it, but it died eventually, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I was actually yeah. looking into it because that's a, it's like a permaculture plant. It's one that comes back year after year and you can really, you know, it's another thing you can eat. Oh yeah. And it's, it's really good for you. There's a lot of great stuff in them and they're kind of, they're pretty hardy too, which is why I was very sad that it died. But uh, yeah, that's things happen. It does uh, happen. I certainly didn't feel like it was my fault, but anywho. <laughs> that aside, um, to get back to one of Spartan's points, the guy who kind of was talking up his bud that maybe he knew wasn't the best and Spartan wasn't the be- knew wasn't the best. Um, I think some people are a little bit proud in just their sales ability. Like my wife worked in the service industry for a while. She used to brag and maybe still does that she could sell ice to an Eskimo. And um, she's just the type of person who's very influential and good with her words and knows her product well and can tell you all the high points of it. Even if it's not the top shelf highest product, she can at least tell you the best points of even the more affordable tier product type stuff. And um, so I think like Tao though, what you were saying, um, it's best. There's like a book called Lying by Sam Harris. And I think it breaks down a lot of the downsides of lying long-term and inconsistencies in life and things like that. But um, giving that honest feedback, it's sort of like not what you say, but how you say it. And to agree again with Matthew and to agree with all you guys, but like um, you can't account for taste. And so I don't really love certain orange strains, like the ones that taste more like a natural orange or like a real orange. I do like the more candied orange strains and I don't really like lemony strains, but I do like the candier lemony stuff. So if somebody grew a strain that was like, uh, natural lemon or natural orange that's not my personal preference um, if it was lurfy or it was like harvested early and there was things that i could tell like the trichomes were off or um you know the, the bud structure didn't look great or maybe the smell wasn't strong the flavor wasn't strong like those are things that maybe i could uh offer some feedback on like one guy today said like his uh he was describing his drying method and it didn't seem too bad and then i was like asking him i was like well maybe the grow didn't go so well or maybe it's the genetics because like you can really only get so much potential and he listed off the breeders that he was growing and i was like i'm not trying to be rude but like those guys are just three knockoff artists like and then he's like well fortunately now i've got some amases going and i'm like i would bet you even if you do the same exact drying method the amase is going to turn out better because you're just working with better genetics and um i sent him the list of breeders that i recommend or whatever but i think that's a big starting point and a huge um factor that a lot of people actually underestimate even though a lot of the lists if you type in like what's the most important part about growing a lot of lists say number one genetics like a lot of them will also say like environment but um without the genetics you don't even have the potential to get to that really dank flower that most of us are chasing after with that said uh got a little sidetracked there and we do have a couple good questions from chilbert and daniel i just wanted to jump one thing in there jack sorry yeah. i was trying to recover from coughing but uh I think that's really what it comes. I mean, obviously, that's kind of what I still believe in, even to this day. Really, to to eke out that last little bit out of your garden, it comes down to pheno hunting, in my opinion. It's genetics, and so um, that's kind of what's driven me. I never really had a whole lot of aspirations to be any kind of a breeder, but as far as a, a mass scale breeder, but just to play around with my with myself and make a few small batches to continue to pheno hunt at a affordable way, an affordable way for me to continue to pheno hunt. That's, I think one of the biggest addictions for me with this is just to search through 
all the different expressions and all the different ways the plant can grow. And, and when you are in the breeding process, you can start seeing the parentage and the plants, you know what I mean? It's just so cool to be like, Oh, that one's leaning more towards this way. Or, oh, I, that's grandfather used to do that, you know, with that leaf, that weird leaf curl thing or, or whatever the hell it is. That's, that's what's kind of ignited, you know, more interest in me. I don't foresee this hobby to ever be uninteresting to me or unappealing to me because I, I can forever pheno hunt and be happy doing it. Even just pheno hunting, like when you're not breeding, seeing the influence of each parent, like, oh, this one leans like this way or this one leans like that way. That really got me, I think, into the more interest of breeding because then I'd be like, oh, well, this one's really dominant in that strain. And even though I can't get that cut, maybe it's no longer available. Maybe it's too tightly held. I found a leaner that's just like that parent. And then I could take that thing and then breed it into other stuff that I like and see how they intermix. And maybe they share some traits. Maybe one dominates the cross, but you never really know until you try. And there's really... I know there's a lot of fly by night breeders and there's literally thousands of breeders out there, but I'd say there's probably, you know, 50 to hundred people actually like doing consistent work that are going to be here in the next five or 10 years. So, Oh, it looks like, yeah. Anyway, the uh, kind of fact of the matter is if you do want to do like Spartan or like myself or uh, Tau and make some of your own crosses, I think that it's something worth doing. If you find two strains that you really like, and they're not already crossed out there, maybe put them together and uh, see what comes out because it really, uh, it, it is satisfying. And as somebody who's going to be doing this, like most of you out there for the rest of my lifetime, it uh, will give you something consistently to keep doing and trying. And then you could share testers. You could pop way more seeds than you're used to. Um, like you can pop 20, 30, 40 seeds and it doesn't matter because they're pennies on the dollar when you're making them yourself versus buying them for, you know, X amount of dollars per seed. It's uh yeah, you, you have, you get real used to killing plants. It's not a big deal anymore. You know, <laughs> when you unless have... you're Tao, unless you're Tao who makes seeds and still keeps everything alive. I was just going to say, yeah, that might be easy to use for no man you've got the spartan kick mentality man you built it into your ethos (laughs) i am getting better at it though yeah definitely (laughs) getting better at it i don't think of it as killing i think of it as selecting i'm picking the winners i'm even though the the ones are you know they're not selected and maybe they do get killed off i like to gift them off feed them to my cats (laughs) they're still you know i grow i like to flower them out at least because like even if they look like a loser they might be uh special in one way or another but well, until, so, until yeah, I have I, way more space to do it, man, and I just can't. Yeah, I That's try. I, I've been trying. You could pop like fifty just to find the best two, and then those best two are going to be way better than if you just pop ten and keep all ten, and then you search through them. Like you get the best out of a group of ten versus the two best out of a group of fifty. I don't know. But I it, think if you're looking for unicorns, the bigger hunts you do, the more likely you're going to come across that. Super. Yeah, you finish keep... them, if you don't, yeah, if you don't finish them, then you're not really doing a hunt, are you? Yeah, I think that you can only count your hunt as the ones that you harvest, but maybe. No, I don't know. I don't know. I would argue. I would argue. You could, yeah. You could. You can make. I would say no because if you're looking for some, well, for example, if you're looking for a killer, a killer female, which most people are, just calling the males and killing the males. I mean, that's that's one one thing. That's half of them. At least familiar with. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I have a lot of time doing that now, but. and the whole pheno hunt thing, I like to look at it. If someone is just starting, especially, I would say try as many different because that like that was the first pheno hunt. You're trying tons of strains, different strains, and then when you find that strain that's when you like the most or whatever, then you do a whole bunch of those to find one that might even be 
you know, better than what you already like. And there could be ones that will yield better, have that same exact thing and stuff like that, you know. But um, I enjoy trying all different different seeds and I have tried all different seeds. And um, but yeah, the other thing with new with doing all from seed is and you're not 100 percent. You, you got to keep an eye on them for them harms, because I've been seeing more and more posts lately now on IG again. People claim, you know, crying about uh, they just found six harms in their flower room and shit like that. So, always good to keep an eye out for, in my opinion. I think early flower you should always keep your eyes out and, and be looking through the bottoms because even a tried and true pheno, eventually, sometimes might get thrown off a little bit, get a little stressed, and throw that hermy. Yeah, even like the best breeders and the and the most stable strains that you know of could could make it pop out anytime you start from seed. You know, so yeah, yeah, your sure. environment's this, unique. Yep. And there's a ton of parameters as as a grower or a pheno hunter that you can keep track. I mean, have a little journal or whatever, keep track of different little differences. Like there's a million of like for example, today I noticed when I was looking at my veg at the snow devil plants, I was actually looking at all of the the crosses that I was growing, just trying to sex them or get an idea if there's any kind of pre-sex. And of course, none of them are showing yet, except for I found one snow devil that was hundred percent definitely female. So I noted, not only did I note that that number snow devil was female, but I also noted it was the first to show, which means it's a maturing plant, which is likely, I mean, it's not guaranteed, but it's likely it's going to have a faster finish. That's a good point. Um, something I wanted to note on Tao's point that I kind of would, I see it both ways because if you pop a thousand seeds and you work it down to like 200 or something, you could say, oh, I hunt a, a thousand seeds because you actually popped a thousand seeds, you used the resources and you grew them however long until you determined whatever that was, maybe early veg, maybe seedling. Some people kill them in seedling. Some people kill them in early flower. Some people wait until right before flip. So everybody's thing is different. And um, in my experience, one of my best phenos of a particular strain was the runt in veg. So that's where I have to kind of lean on. Maybe you do have to flip them and then see because my um, platinum Yeti F3 it was a tester from Humboldt Seed Organization, HSO. Um, I almost killed it because it was really, really runty. Like it was going really slow in veg. And then I flipped it and it ended up being the tallest or second tallest plant in the room. And it yielded well. And it had an amazing phenotype. Like still to this day, one of the most unique smokes I've come across. And uh, very stony, very, very good medicine. And I sort of wonder now like all those other plants that i haven't kept like i wonder if there was any gems in there that i, I picked my favorite two that vegged the best to take through flower or whatever but uh maybe there were some some gems that didn't get flipped ever mac, or were mac gifted off is, mac one's probably the most famous example of what you're talking about i mean it's pain in the ass to grow a paint you know a slow vegger tight ass node spacings you got to keep it clean but if you take it to the end it's worth it Purple Urkel too, and Grape Ape, both really slow vegers, uh, stay small. And when you flip them, they don't rip. They might go like 0.5x height and stretch, maybe double if you're lucky. But uh, very rarely is it like a 1.5. And so some of those, you have to just veg them longer, learn to train them. I think you said yeah. you had good success outdoor greenhouse with that at Sequences Greenhouse or something. It, it seemed to veg, or maybe it was like the the S1 yeah. or something. One of them was growing faster outside. You know, outside it depends. Everything grows not everything, but most of all of them fucking just are a whole nother fucking level outdoor. It depends on your situation, whether that two times, three times and flower is a good thing, in my opinion. I kind of like the ones that don't get crazy. 
I was going to pick for that because I'm in such a small space that I yeah, actually one of the yeah, males yeah. that I was working with early in the mm-hmm. velvet punch breeding, I was going to pick for the stockiest one. Uh, it was a different seed line that I decided to go and not stick with, but it was one of the stockiest plants I ever grew. And I was like, well, I'm in a tiny spot, so maybe I should just pick the stockiest plant so then I don't have to work as hard to avoid the stretch. And like I can train them a little easier and things like that. But I realized most people want that vigor. And if you plan for it and account for it, it's just nice, yeah, and fast right. growing, big, vigorous, healthy cannabis plants, in my opinion. So I was like, eh, I'll, I'll make it work in my space. As long as it's not like, um, to get to Daniel Hallett's questions, do you guys have any suggestions for growing cultivars out in the Pacific Northwest, Van Isle specifically? Um, and I think that's just a really rainy area. Pacific Northwest generally is known for being one of the wettest. I think it is literally a rainforest. Um, so the two factors I would say is early finisher or really open bud structure um like a blue dream for example it's it's a haze hybrid it's a dj shorts blueberry cross to um santa cruz haze the remake of it by humboldt state organization used uh, super silver haze which has some pretty good phenos as well but they stretch to like four times the veg height plus have pretty open bud and leaf structure another one would be the freak show we saw with uh last week we had dog doctor on and outdoors, those seem to do well because they allow a little bit more airflow. But we were talking about it, maybe his was really tight and dense. So like you could have mold and mildew issue because there's like leaf on top of leaf and there's like thousands of little leaflets versus just like one leaflet per leaf or whatever. Um, and coverage could be difficult for IPM related things like that too. So, and the last thing I'll say before I pass it off to the panel is there's like a strain called Friesland, which is known for being extremely mold and mildew res- resistant. I think it was grown outdoor in the UK as well as a few different uh, European countries that get lots of rain and really cold weather, and they were able to get that to finish uh, without having tons of mold or botrytis, mildew, things like that. Uh, so those are my few suggestions generally. And I guess auto flowers, if you can find some good ones, might also be an option if uh, it's just getting it done before the rain starts coming. But I think where they're at in uh, Van Isle, or I don't know if it is Van I-S-L-E um, specifically, I don't know if it's just always raining there, like 365, where you're going to have like rain every week. And then you need something that is just more like, I don't know that there are scientific trials that have been done to like show like, oh, this cultivar is actually specific to portritus or, or bud rot or mold and mildew and things like that. But um, I think that some people will claim that and you're going to have to test a bunch out to see which ones actually are. And then maybe keep them. I think uh, the, the last person I recommend before passing it off is uh, 2020 Mendocino because he grows up in Mendocino County, which is pretty damp. They get lots of rains. And um, a lot of his stuff has been shown to be pretty mold and mildew resistant in his experience, in his climate. So if your area is worse than Mendocino, maybe it won't work, but uh, they're up there pretty close to you. Not exactly, but as roughly as far north as you can get in California and uh, their weather is similar-esque. So that is my thoughts on the matter. And I guess I'll pass it to Spartan Grow next. If you have any thoughts on this for Daniel Hallett. Yeah, I think this is going to be my best advice. And then I'll give you a few examples, but my best advice is to try to, to network with local growers from your area that grow outdoors. And, and if you don't know any, which is often the case, just go to where they go. And that's the grow store and, and ask somebody at the grow store and see what they say. Cause they talk to these same guys and see, and just say, Hey, is there any local strains or any, any strains out here that people grow a lot that they're successful with outdoor? That would be my first go-to because the more local information that you can get that's localized to you, that's the best. I mean, somebody else did the testing for you kind of thing. So that gives you a best foot forward. Um, 
after that, I would just go for some strains, just like what Jack said, some known, some known strains that, that do well in, 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 gen, in that general situation. Here in Michigan, one that's popular is from, and I would actually check out this, this breeder anyway, and that's uh, 2020 Mendocino. And um, my buddy Adam out there is just crushing it. He does all his breeding um, and he outdoor greenhouses where they grow and they do a lot of their breeding outdoor. And in Mendocino, Mendocino County, California. So it's it's more local to you than Michigan, at least. And uh, one of their flagships that even does well here in Michigan is uh, Glue Sniffer. So, and I've even recommended that uh, consulting another consultant who is consulting a very large grow that ended up putting in thousands of seeds of, of Glue Sniffer. And the report back was that they did amazing. So, I can't highly recommend that one more than, than, you know, I mean, that's just the information I got back on it. And that's, that's huge. That's field tested. Um, so I would really push with that one. Um, other than that, what Jack said, and, uh, but above all of that, I would recommend to go to that grocery store and just see what you can find out. Yeah. Your local resource, you never, never know. Like there might be a uh, Kyle from predicated breeding or pure breeding. He um, has a Northern Lights 5 that was selected for New England specifically over like from the 1990s till now. It's just been selected. It's pretty much an inbred line to finish in the New England area, uh, despite all their rain and, and cold, harsh weather. So if you find something like that, I mean, it's going to be hard to find something that's going to do better than basically a local land race that's been acclimated to your climate. And um, hopefully the people in your area are generous and open. It seems like being in a, a green state. Um I think they said. I think he's in, Van he's in Vancouver Island. It looks like if I looked on the map, right. And yeah, I would say, I think Mendocino is a lot different than Vancouver Island, but um, you know that there's people that have been growing in Vancouver since before. Uh, yeah. For a long, long time. I'm sure. Vancouver's BC, right? Vancouver, British yeah. Columbia. Yeah. yeah, yeah BC yeah. bud. Yeah. BC bud is literally like a fucking, <laughs> that's a, a, a term like dank, like BC buds refers to like just dank bud for a lot of people for a long time. Like that was indoor hydro British Columbia bud. A lot of it was hydro because it was indoor because the weather there isn't the greatest admittedly. So you're going to be and looking. They yeah. They weren't busting them that much back then either. That's why a lot of it was coming over, but yeah, Spartan stole my answer. I was going to say like, try and find someone that grew it, grew shit right near them first. That would be the best. But um, yeah, there's, there is uh that blueberry muffin from Humboldt Seed Company is supposedly really quick, right? That one might be a quick finisher. And uh, yeah, a lot of their uh, stuff is their super freak is quick. Their uh, pineapple upside down cake, they're all like six, seven week, like some of the fastest stuff I've seen that actually there you finishes. Go. So that might be uh, one place to uh, investigate. And yeah, I would say, yeah, ask around and or even like, yeah, just look on. To people that you follow, if you know anybody that's close to you that uh, had success last year, copy the successes of uh, other people. That's it. Yeah, I think Shango Los is up there in Vancouver, Vancouver Island. I could be wrong, but I'm, no, he's Vashon. He's Vashon Island. Island. Yeah, I knew it was V Island, something like that, somewhere up there. But fuck, I was like, yeah, Shango. He's got some ties to, to Michigan. He's got family out here. Shaping Fire is a great podcast, and I, if I didn't do this at the top of the show, I really regret and remiss and not doing it i want to shout out uh and, and say farewell to uh one of my former podcasts that i really liked listening to embracing organics 
They were most Thursday nights, a cannabis podcast. You can go back and look at their back catalog. I believe Tanasi uh, was the one who was running it with Dirtman Dan. And they did a great job. Um, I listened to it. I was often in the live chats or, you know, watching afterwards and, and listening along. So just a shout out to them and the community. Like a lot of people might think that um, cannabis podcasts are competitive with one another. And to me, it doesn't feel that way at all. Like they were always super cool and friendly with us. And um, I think we might have even done a little crossover at one point. Um, but yeah, just really cool guys, a different set of perspectives and a lot of great content that they put out there. They got over that hundred episode mark, which not a lot of podcasts make it to. And, um, they're not going away forever. Tanasi, I think is more on the sacred, uh, three or sacred tree mushrooms. And so they're kind of going more into the psychonaut psychedelic side of things. But if you're interested in that, check out, uh, Tanasi and what he's doing over there. But I wanted to give them a big shout out because I know they entertained me for a while and, uh, we're a great part of the community. So it's uh, sad to see him go, but I'm thankful that they were a part of this community for sure. What happened exactly? They just announced yeah, that they they announce? gonna do, they're not going to uh, do the show anymore. Um, but they were a long time show, man. They were, they've been a Yeah, they sure were. I consider them all OGs in my opinion. And uh, I really appreciate all their co contributions. And I remember, I can remember a time when I don't think I missed a show for years. Yeah, remember Tricky D? Shout out to Tricky yeah, D. Tricky too. D. Yep. Yeah, and Tricky D. Tricky D. Labs still pops into shows here and there. I've still, seen him yep, jump yep. into GML chat a couple of times. I think Pedro was on Embracing Organics quite a bit there too. Yep. Pedro was on there a lot. Yep. All those guys. So, and they share a lot of information too, just like what we're all about. So it's, you know, it's, I'm sad to see, it's, I'm sad to see him go because they used to be one of the ones that I would always give an example of, you know, you can still have long running ones, but there's still long running ones. You can still do it. Um, but it'll be cool. It'll be cool if they that maybe this is going to be a little pause and they'll be back. And they've had a couple of those throughout their history, and that'd be totally fine too. And if they do come back, I'll definitely be the first one to uh, shout them out and and be watching that episode along with many of you other uh, cannabis faithful. I know we're definitely not the only show most of you listen to. I see so many of you in pretty much every single chat that I'm associated with, and if not like at least more than half of them. And uh, it's always cool to see the familiar faces, and really, uh, it makes it feel like a cannabis community. And I think we do a good job trying to support each other and, and let each other know when content's out there. Cause I think a lot of people would listen to more content if they knew it was available. So uh, this is one of the cases where it's actually kind of going the opposite direction. But if you're interested, like many are in the uh, ever-growing field of psychedelics, which I think cannabis is even semi tangentially related to, uh, you might be interested in checking that stuff out. So shout out to all those guys. Matthew, I asked everybody at the top of the show if uh, there's anything new or interesting in their garden. I know that you uh, may not be growing cannabis right now, but I know that you typically grow loquat and other things. Uh, how's your garden looking over there, if you've got one going still? Yeah, earlier, I know that last time you asked that question, I think that I mentioned that I'm pining over a dragon fruit plant. And with all of the rains lately, it's been a little bit... Uh, exciting because I don't want that plant to get overwatered and, and, and get root rot and die. But succulents like that, um, they do pretty good despite everything if you're if you're careful. Um, I also have a neighbor that has a ton of dragon fruit and hopefully I can get a maybe a whole plant from her potentially. And that would be nice because the dragon fruit that I have is a special um, yellow 
uh, yellow-skinned dragon fruit. I don't believe the flesh is yellow. I think it's the skin. And it's got little, um, it's got little thorns, which I've mentioned earlier. So it, uh, it's a little bit less domesticated than the other ones. But one thing that some people in the chat know already is that the dragon fruit, they require cross-pollination to fruit. So they can't self-fertilize. So yeah, but this this neighbor lives close enough that that's probably not an issue, but it would be nice, you know, to have like both at the same time. Plus it is growing a little bit slower. And I have a, a grape vine that is died back. I have the loquat tree is is vigorous. In fact, we had that we just had the season a few months ago. So the big gym that I've mentioned a few times on this podcast. And some Suriname cherries, but they're not fruiting right now. And yeah, that's the, that's pretty much it. I have a fig tree, but it hasn't fruited. And um, at this point, I might just uproot this thing and uh, put in a different one. I think I've told the story that I used to have a very, very productive fruit tree. I mean, a uh, fig tree. And um, um, there's a, yeah, <laughs> there's a people who would come by and they'd ask like, oh, could I pick the figs off of your tree? like yeah sure no problem there's too many um but then a car ran right through the tree and destroyed it and uh then we put in you know put in a new tree and uh, this thing hasn't fruited ever since for like years at this point it must be like five half a decade yeah it must be five or six years at this point and i I'd get it's, advice it's not happy I would well guess. it's growing it's growing fine but it's not fruiting Oh, that's well, the, then that's, that's actually the a different problem. If, it, if it's continually growing and not fruiting, then I think that maybe it's just trying to get people larger. People tell me people tell me it's because um, I've heard this from multiple people and I've, I've heard it before this problem that like for some fig trees, you got to like either got to water them a whole lot or you just got or not just volume, but like um, consistency, like maybe not a ton of water, but a little bit of water, like kind of more con constantly. But I've tried that and it doesn't seem to work. So I don't know. Maybe I got a lemon and I might have to just, you know, go with a different cultivar. This was Tema. This was Tema. For well, anyone who's you, curious, T E M A. <laughs> well, Matthew, if you got a lemon, it's defective too because you're not getting any fruit. Yeah, I'm not getting any I, figs. Uh, I'm not getting any lemons out of this fig tree either. I take lemons. <laughs> lemon should have been fruiting even sooner. So shit. Yeah, exactly. I saw a post where this dude claims he bought a property from someone who had a fruit tree. I forget what tree it was. And the previous owner told me, yeah, the tree never made fruit, never made fruit. So the guy took over the property and he ended up, um, he had a horse and I think he tied the horse up to the tree. And that year that he did that, the thing made fruit. So they was, he, he was saying maybe, yeah, you know, go hang out with the tree. Matthew I've heard the same with worm like, castings. Somebody I've hung out a lot with this Thank tree. I've hung out a lot with this tree. Oh, this okay. tree owes me fruit. Yeah. But Matthew, have, have you <laughs> tell it you love it? Tell you tell it you love it. I gotta ask you this though, man. Do the wasps love it? That's my question. You got a nap under it. When you hang out with a tree, Matthew, do you shit there for it? Because I'm sure that's what the horse did, and I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that might be. You know, it it's might not shit. understand. It's the fertilizer. That's the love language. That's the love language. That's the love language that it really needs to hear, probably. Well, that's why the earthworm right casting there. thing also worked. I know a guy who did the same thing with their tree. They never fruited, never fruited, never fruited. They moved into the house. The guy's like, oh, yeah, this tree is just bare. It's not ever going to fruit. And the dude dug out like a foot or two around, 
the outside of the roots and just poured on bags and bags of earthworm castings and threw some earthworms in there as well. And within, you know, six months, the whole tree was just rich with fruit. So but, yeah. it's just efficient in something, man. And those microbes unlock it. There's gotta I be something. Be I, I feel like, I think that it might even be, I, I think it's nutritional. I mean, I think it's pretty, I think it's doing good nutritionally, but yeah, I think, you know, and the other problem is that it could be where it's planted. You know, I that wasn't able to get a straight answer for people, but it could be one of those cases where like, I know people who grow citrus, like uh, more easterly or yeah, from my position and, you know, they have to deal with frost more and that kind of stuff. And I wonder if like I might be dealing with that problem where like it's just not the right hardiness zone, maybe. And I was able to get a straight. We're not as good as like Mexico, for example. Blackberries suffer from mm-hmm. this. A lot of them are grown in Southern California, but the best blackberries are grown in Mexico because they get a little bit hotter and a little bit more sunlight. One of my yeah. clients I work with has a tangelo tree, and they were just kind of whining and complaining that you know it's not making sweet enough tangelos. They're mainly sour, and I actually personally like that. I love uh, like Southern California citrus. I like it a little bit more sour. Um, they actually made me a big pulpy glass of tangelo juice after our hike and it was fucking amazing uh but none of them really seemed to love it so um they're thinking about tearing it out because they have other more productive like their avocado tree for example is uh produces a shit ton and they eat a lot more avocados than they would the tangelo so it really might come down to just the hardiness zone uh direct sun sunlight could be nutritional stuff but i think even uh rabbits can have similar effect to like what's saying with like the horses because uh or, or um alpacas anything that has that kind of like cold compost i think type uh manure where it doesn't have to hot compost before it's usable um and i think the reason for like rabbits for example they are an animal that eats their own poo which sounds a little bit gross but they only digest it like half the way and then they eat their poo yeah it's recycling but when you prevent them from doing that like at like this also sounds a little bit gross to people, but there's places that they grow bunnies for meat that they keep them in cages. And in the cages, they have a, a layer that the poop drops through so they can't eat it. And some of them will even have like worms in that and turning that rabbit poop into worm casting. But even if you don't, just the pure rabbit poo, there's like bad bunny nutrients in Michigan. Uh, they use rabbit poo. And I've also seen people that have like guinea pigs or um, animals like rabbits that use that for fertilizers and have plenty of success. There's a Indra, the guy who made uh, BHO and like, uh, Vietnam when he's getting shot at kind of crazy story but um, he talks about how uh, growing his plants he used lots of rabbit uh, food poo in his fertilizer and just grew massive ass plants so I definitely think it's one of those uh, cheap inputs that a lot of people may overlook but it can be very effective it's cheap if you have the rabbits <laughs> that's true but some some uh, places will like give it away i guess like the the bunny meat places like a lot of them before they figured out that people were paying for the stuff were just giving it away like they pay people to take it away like you just show up to the place and, and take the stuff in buckets because it's a waste product to them and before they realized like oh this is actually a valuable fertilizer that's like, worth the trip yeah for sure yeah and, i um, agree i think even like not that this is the best but i've seen people do it for other types of gardening but like um cow manure like we were just talking about with the tree uh, a lot of people will go to a local um you know stall or a barn where they've been basically scooping the poop out of the stalls to make sure that the horses don't get infections and sick and things like that uh so you just pull up and usually the only problem that i found with that is like when i looked into it as a uh, new to southern californian i was uh unable to go because they'd make you pick up like a whole truckload you need to like pick up a whole pickup bed and I'm like <laughs> i need like a bag not like a, a truckload but I'm sure that you could work something out with a local farmer, maybe if you uh, make it worth their time. 
Bunny is good meat. Or look controversial hot take. Sorry. <laughs> you can buy rabbit in the stores here in the meat in the meat market, right? Right at the grocery store. I'm from Ohio, man. Hunting is like That's uh, a most people's yeah. it's a lot of people like how they feed themselves. Like so I wasn't one of those people, but I had a good family friend who uh served us just like burgers and didn't say anything until we were all complimenting how good it was. And he's like, Oh yeah, I hunted that. That was meat that I harvested myself. And so I, I appreciate the people that do it and I think that uh people should be more open-minded especially considering where most people's meat comes from is uh nowhere even near as ethical as what i would consider hunting to be so it's uh, a definitely a toss-up double-edged sword there yeah but i like going for the cold compost uh, and those those animals tend to have not as big not as much compost so you can maybe get away with going to like an alpaca farm where people have llamas or rabbit farms like you suggested and just going there with a five gallon bucket with a lid and say hey can i fill this up <laughs> <laughs> i used to trade goat milk for um the the figs from the previous tree i'm out i'm out goat milk now where am i gonna get my raw goat milk not from europe i gotta pasteurize that <sighs> it's cool when you can uh, barter i like that type of system if you like uh, i know people that keep their chickens and they use their eggs as a barter thing they'll trade eggs oh, for, yeah yeah you know other produce or fruit and vegetables anything really it's um, a Those great eggs system are getting more valuable now man <laughs> Yeah, I agree with I agree with that. And there's a collection of people that I used to frequent who would uh, exchange all kinds of things um, that they used to garden, that sort of thing. I would bring alcohol though, so it kind of well, it's unfortunately that's got value. It's, it's got a lot of value. That's it's kind it kind of <laughs> it kind of it kind of um uh, what's the word I want to say? It um it, it screwed up the economy. <laughs> it's like flooding it with gold because everyone was like, oh come on, nobody brought cannabis. I know, right? <laughs> uh, no, nobody did. And I think there was some, well, there was a few times where, um, you know, like, for example, there was a controversy uh, where, well, speaking of, of rabbit meat, you know, people would bring other things that they would harvest, like, so not just plant material, but like animal byproducts, right, like eggs or whatever. And yeah, that, that it changed the dynamic and the people who were baking bread, you know, it's kind of hard because people are like, well, you know, it took me a lot of effort yeah. to like make this bread and it took other people less effort or more effort to do other things. And, you know, but it's, it's really contextual and, and, and. I think we yeah. should rely on the skills of others. Like my barber, former barber, uh, I cut my hair, my, my wife and I cut my hair now, but he was like half barber, half beekeeper. And now he's full-time beekeeper and he has the best fucking honey around. Like it is, it tastes like Skittles to me. Like it, it's so sweet. And it also has the local pollen that makes me a little bit more, I need it. Speaking of, we've been having lots of pollen kick around. It is unseasonably rainy here in San Diego, and uh, a lot of people have been stuffed up. So I think that's another good tip is if you can get local honey, it can help, you know, boost your immune system. So I've been told I haven't seen too much like studies and data, but uh, I've heard it anecdotally enough. And I do think that there's actually some small amount of uh, scientific evidence that's looked into. I think so, too. Yeah. The, uh, you know, honey having benefits, not only for like the dietary reasons, but also the uh, getting trace amounts of pollen into your system we get it even just in like the air like matthew talked about we breathe in molds we also also breathe in pollen and particulate matter mm -hmm. and like there's actually a pollen index if you go on the weather channel app uh, they have like they'll say how much pollen is in the air right now and it gives you a different number each day like if tau's yeah. shaking that amy aces mail <laughs> yeah they gotta like go emergencies if that happens 
it definitely blocks up the old uh, sinuses and, and throat there. But I think we do have another question. We've got two actually. Uh, Chilbert UK asks, what is the best female to use as a pollen donor when in crossing combining two females to make fem seed? One has 14 week flower time, other around 11 weeks. I don't like word math problems, to be honest. Can we skip this one? No kidding. <laughs> I, I guess my quick input would be, it really depends. And, and this is one of those things that you might just have to do both ways to see which one you like more. Um, reversing stuff, it can have sometimes the, the female that you reverse dominates the cross and sometimes it doesn't. So it really depends on what 14 weaker is being crossed into what 11 weaker, how stable each one of those parents is and uh, which one you like more. So I would say the one that's receiving the pollen uh, might have the ability to uh, be more dominant in the cross, some people think. But I think that the uh, pollen donor does often have a lot of uh, impact on the offspring. If it's not exactly 50-50, which, I mean, it might just be straight up down the middle, but a lot of the times I do feel like the the mother that's pollinated tends to, at least that's the thing that you know and you can smoke, and that's the cut that you have. So like you're most familiar with the female, but this is two females in this case. So it's a little bit different. I'm used to breeding male to female, but uh, either way. I'm curious. Right. Anybody else have thoughts on this one? Yeah, I'm just going to take the cop-out answer and I'll be like, why do you have to choose? Why don't you just take clones of each plant and do it both ways and then pick the one you want the best? Yeah, grow the offspring and see which phenos you find the most des desirable. Yeah, I mean, that's probably the route I would go. I would, yeah, I'll would. i play devil's advocate and answer maybe for Chilbert. He hasn't answered just yet. But in my experience, if you have more than one male, or a reverse female. I, I know reverse females put out a lot less pollen, but the second that you get two things that are making pollen, you can not as easily confirm, okay, 100% of these seeds came from this yeah. pollen producer. So because as soon runs. as pollen gets in the air, it's it's uh, there's a scramble. Yeah, I would just do two runs. You know, I would, I would do the first run one way, keep the clones and veg, and then do the other way, isolated. That's the best way to do it, I think. Or like if if you go Kyle Breeder style, where he's got like separate tents that are isolated with like completely uh, negative pressure or whatever, and, and very yeah. high levels of filtration. But even then, I think there's just so much. Like you open up that zipper one time, you get a little bit of on your clothes, and you like walk over. It's just so easy to cross contaminate. Uh, having done it myself, I'll say I'm a person who will only have one pollen producer in any of my environments at a time. But uh, Tad, what do you think about this one? I really don't know which one would be better, but like like um, you're saying, I like to only have one male, one pollen maker ever, like making pollen uh, at any given time. But, you know, they do make those pollen bags uh, and like actually you could put a whole plant inside a, a little pollen tent baggy thing in your grow. I'm, uh, I'm definitely going to get a bunch of those. Like then you don't even have to worry about uh, if you have one that's in veg and still making some male flowers on you. Which but, happens um, more often than people think, I think, especially if you let them get a little root bound with certain genetics. Yeah. Because, uh, like, even if you have females, they pre-flower eventually in veg, you know, and that's basically what will end up happening with your males, and they will make make uh, pollen eventually. But, um, yeah. I don't know which way would be better. And if you have the time and the uh, the, the uh, gumption to do it like Spartan says, yeah, that's probably the way to go. Um, he said he reversed four females and he wants to combine his favorite two. 
first four females once one. Well, if he has a favorite two, then he should just yeah use those right. Forget the other so, two. Right? Yeah. yeah. So the reverse seed, I would grow out at least one generation before I reversed again. I wouldn't jump right into another reversal right off the bat. I think. I think he's saying he has like four separate he females that he reversed that. all four of these females. So all four of these females have pollen sacs on them, and he's like. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. Which ones yeah. am I gonna okay, okay, hit okay. a non-reverse female with, to, or even the other? Ah, okay, right, right, right. He might be letting it just go like open pollination style, like reverse female into reverse female. Like you know, you've got your. Uh, if we were gonna like make it a gorilla glue cross like Girl Scout cookie or something, you've got your reverse gorilla glue over here, and you've got your reverse Girl Scout cookie here, and they're just both throwing pollen at each other. But then you'd have like a mix of S ones. As well as the cross, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's a tough call. I don't know. I would choose the one he liked best. And if yeah, you're I saying the two, the two are similar, and one's a fourteen weeker, and one's eleven weeker. Like, yeah, I would yeah, take keep the, the one that you like the best, because yeah, then you get S ones, and then you can cross it to any of the other ones, all the right? Other ones, yeah. yeah, hit all all three, or, so you have S ones, and then three fem crosses. Yeah. You have the S one, and then the cross of itself to all three of the other strains. That's that's the route that I would go. And I'd probably choose the eleven weeker personally, just because fuck man, fourteen weeks. I don't know too many people that are growing shit over ten weeks anymore. Uh, it's it's few and far between as far as I, I'm seeing. Most people are looking eight to ten weeks. Ten weeks is like the long end for a lot of people. So fourteen is if you want anybody else to grow it. I, I know it might be like your favorite smoke, and I know UK guys especially are into the kind of more headier sativas and, and stuff like that. But okay, that is a, a commitment. Now. I have them all reversed and in clones for receiving. I'll try both ways and let you know how they go in a few months. <laughs> Honestly, Gilbert, that'd be awesome. Man. There's, we, maybe we'd love to have you on. At all. Yeah, that's a good point, Jack. It'd be great to have him just come on and just talk about it so we can just have a faster exchange back and forth. Yeah, if you want, shit, I could shoot the link out into the chat and you can jump on tonight or just in general in the future, like after you get this thing going. Um, yeah. this could be a, a fun check-in now and then we'll check back in with you in a month, two months or a year when some of these offspring are grown and you're sending them out to the you know, homies in the community and they're starting to pop them because that's a fun process what do you guys think? I think with the small panel maybe we'll open it up tonight send out the link, kind of like last week and uh, yeah sure. hell yeah, that works I love those do it. All right, I'll go and grab that link. I always love seeing what people are going, doing in their gardens. Sometimes it gives me ideas of shit I'll do in mine. It's really, honestly, you know, always get, when I get all these questions sometimes or somebody sends me, and, and God bless everybody who sends me all the nice comments. I'll get some really nice comments sometimes and, and I'll get that imposter syndrome, like what? Who who do they who am who's the person they're talking about in this? It can't be me, kind of a thing. Because I know like everything that I've learned, like you know, 50% of it was me failing at shit. And then you know, the other 50% is me reading in a book or talking on this show or learning from a guest or listening to a podcast, all of knowledge that you know somebody else failed at stuff until they learned it. So um to me, it's like I'm just regurgitating things, but uh, 
I, I love so learning from the mistakes of others. That's why I follow so many growers, man. It's like, yeah. I don't want to have to make the mistake for myself to have to do it. Like I, if I can, I would really like to learn from the mistakes of others. It's hard. Sometimes you really just have to walk into that glass door yourself to realize like, oh, I need to pay a little bit better attention. Um, but in, in growing, sometimes you're like, I'm going to do it this way because I read that this way is the best. And then it, it might blow up in your face sometimes. And then you learn from that. And uh, I think that makes us all better growers. That's that firsthand experience. We get secondhand yeah. experience from reading, from listening to podcasts, from uh, books and, and things like that. But until you do it yourself, I mean, it's hard to confirm uh, what is who is actually a good valid source. And like when you start to follow people that you can see they're having cons consistent success doing something, they can at least describe what they're doing and maybe why they're doing it. That gives me a little bit more confidence in what somebody's doing than when somebody might just be throwing a bunch of shit at the wall and hoping something sticks. And uh, <laughs> some people, sometimes they have success and then success. And then sometimes they run into a wall and uh, have problem after problem after problem. And you're like, why can't this person get it together? And it, maybe it's because they never actually learned what made them successful in the first place or how to avoid, like in a lot of people's cases, it's pest issues. Like if they just spent a little more time on Sentinel's YouTube channel or maybe got into his uh, Patreon and were able to get their stuff identified and then go through the pest primers and then figure out, you know, the things that can combat and prevent the certain pests that they're dealing with, that'd make their life a whole lot easier. But until you cross that bridge, you don't get there. And that's why I love his channel. Like, I'd like to know what the newest pests are even before they hit my garden, because if I ever do see them, then I can think, oh, maybe that looks sort of like something I remember. And I might not always be right, but at least it gets me uh, off on the right foot of, I need to address this. Or maybe I don't, because a lot of the times, like, I think Matthew often quotes some of the things that he gets sent the most often. It's like springtails or other relatively benign um, insects that aren't going to destroy the garden. But people might think, oh, I need to burn it all down because they see a bug crawling. Yeah, it just, it just kills me, right? Because, like, it's so it's such an expensive thing to do for no reason. Right. And it's like, it's the mantra of my entire like 12 or 13 year work at this point, which is like, which is admittedly not unique. It's very similar in other places. It's like, just do the due diligence, like do the pre-planning stage. Don't assume that you're not going to deal with the problems. Um, yeah, I mean, that's just really all it comes down to, I guess. Because it's very disappointing. You spend all that time, effort, energy. Some people, you know, they have a really catastrophic situation that gets out of their hands. And then they're like, I guess I'm not doing this anymore. And that's very unfortunate. And then people, and then what, then what doubly bothers me um, is that then people will come in and gaslight them for it. Oh, your plants weren't healthy enough or... Oh, obviously, you know, but not, <laughs> don't you love the no true Scotsman fallacy that you see all the time? Like I, I literally saw this in my comments a few days ago where somebody was like, you know, well, I'm growing in living soil and sometimes they get pests. And then somebody else was like, well, if you're getting pests, it wasn't really living soil. And I'm just like, <laughs> there could be a happy medium between your two experiences. I just feel like it's such a all or nothing know. mentality. Such an all, yeah, very binary mentality. Very, um, yeah, why can't we lift each other up instead of tear each other down? It'd be so much, yeah. such a better place. Sometimes people are wrong, but yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> sometimes both people are wrong, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so,
Seed person one asks, how is 50 strains of purple going? Uh, I've just been a bit busy, so it's been on the back burner a little bit, to be honest. But uh, I do plan to get that done as soon as possible. And I hopefully we'll have a little bit more time to finish it up. And uh, still amazingly packing up and shipping out the occasional 50 strains of green. So I appreciate all the support from everybody out there who's been buying the book still. And uh, I do want to get that finished as soon as possible. But I like to make sure I'm getting all my information correct and uh, accurate you know, good photos, good quality photos and, and things that represent the strains well. So um, it will be this year for sure, but I'm not sure exactly when, but I'll announce it for sure whenever it's uh, even close to ready because I'll do a little pre-order to get an idea of how many I'm actually going to physically print and then uh, we'll go from there. The uh, one thing I wanted to say with Matthew's point um a lot of people don't even know what they don't know. So they might not even know what to look up. They might not even realize that pests are going to be the level of an issue that they might come to be. And they might not know how to look up pests or, or who is the good information out there. That's why I try to constantly plug Xenthanol's channel and uh, make sure that people are getting accurate information and not being gaslit and told like, hey, basically like get good. You're not a good enough grower. You're doing it wrong. Like, well, that doesn't help them in their situation. It's like, let's take them from where they are and move them forward. And if they have a pest already, you don't blame them for it. It's like, let's, let's help them get past it. And uh, I agree with, with Spartan and, and Matthew on that. It's uh, worth definitely researching and investing the time and effort into learning about it. But we also um, have to realize some people are newer and aren't going to have that level of experience or understanding and knowledge. So if we can helping those people out and, uh, help fill in those gaps of knowledge so that they're not so shocked or, or taken off guard the second time around. Yeah. Before, um, when I've got spider mites the very first time, I think there was like three or four harvests where I didn't even realize they were there because my harvests were coming down and I wasn't understanding why. And then one, one harvest or one, at some point they took over like with the webbing and that was the, when I knew about them. And yeah. this was before there was resources like Xenthanol, which could have saved my ass, you know? But then I realized, so yeah, sometimes things are unseen that are happening that, yeah. Just, That's why it's really good to know the plant signs. The plant speaks to you, like whether it's a nutrient oh, deficiency, yeah. whether it's a fucking pest, like the stippling, it to me looks like somebody went in with like a, uh, thumbtack and just stab tiny little holes in the plant because you start to see these tiny little yellow dots yeah. all throughout the leaf before you even see any uh, webbing or or sign of spider mite elsewhere. I see it on the plant first. And I think even the AI like drone detectors that can use like uh, infrared vision and multiple visions, I think they're using visual cues like that to identify when pests are around as well. Cheers, guys. Cheers, TTV. How you doing? Welcome in. Yeah. What's up, Cheech? Not much. Just chilling on a Sunday watching football. You see they're shooting down UFOs over Lake Huron. Watch out. Yeah, there you go. They put us on notice. We got to watch out for the UFOs. They're calling them UFOs again. I thought they were called uh, something new. UAPs. Uh, they're UAP, yeah, unidentified UAPs. aerial phenomenons. Well, I think yeah. they're pretty much all the balloon, different balloons. They know they're objects and not just phenomena, probably. I don't know, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's looking like they're, the first three. I don't like saying shit, but I mean, from what I've read, the first three have been pretty much at least different people have said. 
in positions that they were balloons. And I haven't heard anything official on this last one. I just want to say that if people think that aliens can cross the galaxy, cloak their technology, cover <laughs> across shot. anything, but can't get <laughs> shot down by an 896 yeah. Sidewinder, I don't know, man. Maybe we shouldn't be too worried. <laughs> Matthew, Matthew, you of all people are going to be questioning the advancedness of our the United States (laughs) Air Force. Come now, aliens are about to learn why we don't have universal health (laughs) care. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I mean, or maybe they're the budget's all in defense. Yeah. Um, I was gonna just say, without getting on a huge tangent, that like um you know, or, you know, maybe they're just the scout system, right? Maybe they're less sophisticated. Maybe or they've drums. already been here for a long time and we have no freaking clue. There you go. Those are the Zor- Zorblatt's over they here are, like, oh, hey, been. the Zorblatt's like, oh, hey, you know, the, the camera stopped working. And, uh, you know, Metajex is just like, I'll just talk to IT. I don't really want to talk about it. <laughs> maybe they're just like us they're like, maybe you mean they're that very old, relatable you mean that old tech i don't know we still had it up there yeah exactly oh man we got to get some upgrades <laughs> yeah maybe that's it well the thing is, no. is they just did an upgrade on some of their technology that senses objects more finely in the air and now they're finding all these things no the no, good aliens cause... that that are working with our military showed us how to that's... shoot down that's what yes <laughs> no because Bo, yeah because boeing and northrop grumman keep an alien in their <laughs> in the their basement, uh, basement. yeah exactly yeah haven't you seen that like uh you know there's like a, a space log with all the different captains and one of them is like et or whatever number like one through four they're like extraterrestrial <laughs> captains there you this go turn into yeah, ancient aliens really quick really yeah <laughs> i blame chicha <laughs> yeah I'm only kidding sorry. chicha how are things sorry. going over there in your garden and uh, what are you smoking uh, on well it's still not going because i'm a procrastinator <laughs> um but no, it should be fine. Um, I just need to stop procrastinating and actually do what I need to do. But, you know, life is busy. I need to pop seeds. Looking. I said that I was going to do it like a month ago and I haven't done it. So I've at okay. least got a, a plants and flower, but that's just going to put me behind the eight ball like I've been a couple of times where it's like my harvest comes down and I've got nothing going. It's like, oh, shit, I got to right. get going right now. Otherwise, I'm going to be sitting here twiddling my thumbs waiting for those seeds to pop with nothing else growing. I know I thought about just because I've been procrastinating, just throw some, dare I say, autos. I mean, you know, just to have quick and start. Better than nothing. But, shit. Yeah. But uh, I I also have houseplants too. So, and I got to get those all separated. I have a lot of babies. So I got them all. I have a lot of succulents. So it keeps me entertained for a while we talked about those a little bit at the top when we were talking about matthew's garden yeah. i think and i think uh succulents are interesting because they're one of the plants that are really easy to over love like love them to death if you give them too much water yes like one of the ways i see people kill succulents most often is just watering them too yes. regularly like daily for example yes. this is definitely not the way to go with succulent when i first started growing that's how it was i was like i just want to love it and i was feeding it and watering it i'm like yeah it's great why is it dying but through trial and error i learned it's like some some succulents i could not water them for like a month and they're they're great they're just like yeah i have i don't know what some of them are called but i have one that i consider like 
the mother, right? Because I have like four different babies from her, but they also have babies. So it's just like grandma. Yeah, she's like a great grandma almost. I feel like they're amazing. Aloe is like that too. You can take little cuts yep. off of it. A lot of things, strawberries, fucking, you can take clones or runners, whatever they want to call them, but yeah, making more plants aloe, from one plant. Canada. My aloe actually had made a baby. So I'm really excited about that. It's first baby. I'm like, oh, look at it. That's cool. Yeah. So, like and then my jade plant, I got a jade, I got a rubber tree i think rubber plant i think it is i don't know but a lot of cactuses and mother tongue that snake plant that snake plant. that has tons of tons of babies are we allowed to say do you grow any of the fun cacti like the uh trippy ones no i didn't know <laughs> they, they make <laughs> a couple of them i see people grow and post them on instagram i think you're allowed to grow them but once you start extracting then it becomes illegal but I, i'm not 100% up to date on the current laws with that kind of stuff. So don't right, quote me on that. Yeah. People. I suggest spider plants for anybody who's struggling with house plants. Get you a spider this plant. Is, I don't spider. know. A spider plant, or there's like, I think it's called Devil's Violet. I'll, I'll have to post it on my Instagram, but like Devil's I Trump. can't kill that thing. Grow cannabis shit, man. I, I think cannabis is a fucking <laughs> plant. If you can't grow a plant, like succulents, I know people that are like, they felt real bad because they're like, oh, if you can't grow plants, grow succulents. And then they kill the succulent. And they're like, I just have a black thumb. But then I, I can teach right. them how to grow cannabis like in a couple of days. Like it's a pretty fucking resilient plant. Uh, yeah. You really like you might get a fucked up harvest. You might get a bad looking plant, but yeah. it's pretty hard. to get, Like unless you are really gone for a long time or something really, really, really goes bad. It's pretty tough to kill a can cannabis plant unless it's like a seedling, like very, very early seedlings. You come pretty. Mm. But after a few weeks of veg, it's like pretty damn hardy like one of the more hardy plants that i've grown i haven't grown a ton albeit but i would say well, it's a uh, pretty easy say, fair, fairly easy to pick up i say uh if you can grow a tomato plant you can grow cannabis it's almost two of the same just i didn't realize until i started tomatoes growing tomatoes other, why people compared them they they actually look alike early yeah. on yeah like one just grows bud and the other one grows tomatoes. Why? See, that's the thing. It's like everybody says it's DNA and I get it. But it's like if they look so much alike, why can't we cross the DNA? Why can't we have infused tomatoes? They're, they're really far removed. Matthew would probably be the person to talk to about that. But like Cannabaceae <laughs> has like eight or nine different species within it. Like you could do, I think, like hemp uh, or, or cannabis into like hops. Which is being yeah, I've done, heard, but... yeah, I've heard, yeah, I've heard. I saw yeah. somebody, um, you know, cut and have a scion of like yeah. cannabis on like hop or something recently. That's definitely happening. You get a crisp, you get the crisp, but you can make, uh, you can do anything pretty much. Yeah, if you, cannabis if you... and tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, transgenics is a little different. Yeah, if, I mean, <laughs> theoretically, you could put that. You know, it's probably well, it's complicated, right? Because it's a big yeah. system. It's Screw CRISPR. How about how about crispy? Crispy wannabe. Smart poker. Get a house. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers to everyone. Cheers, uh, to you. Cheers guys. Good to see you. Yeah. We it's wanted good to, to see all of you too. Kitty's here with us. We wanted to show Tal his violet bow regard, Aaron Flower. Day Can you turn the camera to the side? Yep. Give me one second, please.
No worries. I just put you oh, on the full no. screen, so it perfect. Damn, you got that looks great. Spot. Oh man. That's Between. about a better regard on this side. It's uh almost cut clean down the middle, even. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This side over here is the Violet Beauregard. This side over here is a, a cherry pie crossed with tansy. I got to admit, the cherry pie crossed with tansy is filling in a lot more. It's a little, yeah, it's got a little taller. And it's actually. Mm-hmm. Isn't that called forbidden fruit? Cherry pie yeah, crossed with tansy? Exactly yeah, it. forbidden fruit. Yep. Hell yeah, I love that cross. Tastes amazing. Yeah. It smells, it's smelling amazing. Very citrusy. Yeah, it's it's super citrusy, but it's like a rainbow of fruit. It's like a sangria almost, like it's a cocktail of fruit. Just truly amazing flavor on that one, in my experience. Looks beautiful. They're all looking killer, dude. Mm-hmm. I love that stage where they're just like little puff balls. <laughs> yeah, it's been a lot of fun. They we vegged these for I think this side was forty two days and this side was like 45 days or something yeah they're close they're like within days of each other but yeah i i like that stage too the 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 puff balls are just they look so soft and the smells start coming on and this tent does yeah it smells like cheese over here with the violet bow regard when you rub the stem it's weird the the stem actually gives me a better smell than the bud squeeze delicious Mm. Uh, uh, yeah, that's, it's been it's been fun. We grew the Amy Aces. Now this one, and all both both times, they've been a lot of fun, and so far so good. Great vigor to get to this point, and I hope you love the smoke, guys. Can't wait, Tal. But yeah, I want to make way for somebody else. We just wanted to say hello and uh, show you these in flower, and uh, say hello to everybody. And we just want to wish everybody a happy and safe Valentine's Day, too. Um, you know, we all, we all share that uh, romance for this plant. This is our Valentine. Yeah, she's everyone's Valentine. She's uh, oh, yeah. internationally loved for sure. And y'all are more than welcome to everybody who's in here. Hang out. You don't just get to run after you show off the garden. You're more than welcome to hang and chat until the end of the show or as long as you're able to. Uh, before I pass it over to Dog Doctor, I want to ask uh, Smot and Crispy, do you guys care about sports at all? Do you have anybody in the Super Bowl? I know you're kind of close to uh, the Eagles over there. Is that who you're taking, or do you even care? No. No, we're no. going Chiefs, baby. Chiefs for sure, 100%. We, we feel like no. the Eagles. Yeah. In Eagles, my opinion, That's anyway. a tough city down there, man. The Broad Street and shit, they, they don't mess around. And it's like the only stadium with the – a, a jail cell and like a, a night court and some shit right down there. So Bill yeah. Burr's teardown of Philly is one of the funniest <laughs> things. If you haven't watched it, it's like 13 minutes or 15 minutes of Bill Burr just crapping on Philly after basically they, they booed a guy that he was a big fan of and he just comes on and just tears them apart. Like every sports team they love, every national like monument that they have, he just rips them. And he like minute by minute, he's like seven minutes left. And he like just tears them apart the most if you're not into like cruel and uh, a little bit unusual uh maybe over the top humor it might not be for you but he's definitely harsh and hilarious that one is like it's a legend this one that's one of those legendary moments that kind of elevated him to legendary status when you can go out in front of a crowd of people 
and just not give a fuck and, and just tell it and just try to hurt them as much as you can. <laughs> That's just, yeah, it was something to watch. Yeah, that was hilarious. Philly, especially because it's such a hard city and uh, he really didn't hold back at all. It was quite the uh, performance. <laughs> I, I love that we're seeing uh, the cat over the there cat helping leave the lowers. It says, y'all need to trim this up a little bit more. We need some more airflow. But uh, speaking of cats, we got Dog Doctor over here. What's up, Dog Doctor? What are we looking at? Looking good. Where is love, everybody? No Hollins in this house. No worries. And if they came, I'm not stupid to shoot them. (laughs) That's for sure. (laughs) Hope everybody's doing well. Here, we're looking to the rents and the amnesticats that they were here last time. Now they jump a little bit higher. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty deep. I'm, I'm waiting. This is day 15 today, 16, okay. 16. Okay. So they're still holding have, a pretty even canopy, though. I like that. Yeah, I like that they're still growing. Apart from that corner over there, but that's my fault because I didn't fill it up so much as the rest. All of the rest is pretty much. And they seem happy. Yeah, they look real happy. But I think, uh, I don't know, probably a couple of days more, not longer, and I will strip them up. How's the uh, Super Freak? Super Freak, that's what everybody wants to see. Super Freak? No, that's not Super Freak. That's big also, but it's not Super Freak. Who's this? This is Purple OJ Punch from Super Sativa Seed Club. She's pretty a muncher also. How's she smell? And that's the new uh, Super Sativa Seed Club with uh, his son or whatever? Yes. Keys. This is... Let's make it. She keeps changing. She, she, she got a kind of a skunky smell. That's, yeah, they got uh, a lot of old school hazy stuff. Yeah, she, she's got a kind of... Uh, she keeps changing, but yeah, but the skunky smell is the one, the, the one that keeps staying there, and she's sticking and stuff. She's really, really nice, actually. Curious to see about. And for those that say that clones don't live, they are in there for two weeks now with just water, and uh, they're starting to root down there. <laughs> I didn't find the time yet to put them in place, but they're alive and happy. So that I've told that to so many people that tell me that they struggle with cloning. I'm like, have you tried just putting them in water? Just put. Yeah, them in water I really. That's that's something I don't understand. So here is the the cabbage that everybody wants to see. She's growing, and I, I need to put it like this now for her to fit. She's in the middle of her feedings. Still haven't flipped, right? You're still in veg. Not yet. Yeah, still in veg. But I think uh, I keep saying this that this week I will flip her. <laughs> I wonder how much it's going to stretch and what the stretch will look like. I have no right. idea, but she she will do everything in forty five days. So I really yes, yeah, so it can't be too much. Can't be too much. I mean, but them autos they stretch and grow and do everything fast also. So I really don't know what to expect. And there's really not that many people that grew this one. I check on the diaries. I check on YouTube and. Uh, there's only a handful of people, and it's they new, grew man. It's new. Yeah, it's only been out for a couple of years, or yeah, maybe a year. Different in everywhere. I think it's two years. This something like this, couple of years, but it grew different everywhere. So 
I'm just growing it and going with my feeling. Yeah, I mean, your pheno is going to be different than everybody else's, and your environment is unique to yourself. So I would just kind of watch it and, and see how it works in your setup. But this is freaky, man. This is all ads and butts. Or will be, supposedly. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you can could, you could see the butt sites. But you didn't start flowering it yet. It's not an auto, right? No, no, not at all. But even on a veg plant, you could see where the bud sites are, like when you're building it. Oh, yeah, you can see. You can see. Easily see. It's like fucking cabbage right now. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. That's wild. It is wild. If I get it too close, I think it's in focus, but she's beautiful, man. I'm really, really hoping that she's good medicine because I really, really want to keep this in the garden. I think this is something everybody should grow. Oh. And this is almost finishing. Which one's this? This, I don't know what it is. This is the testers for fast buds. So it's number eight, number nine, number 10, and number 11. But they're coming out beautiful also. That's the uh, other side of the spectrum, I guess. Um, fast buds, I, I kind of like that they do that. They just send out like, they, at first, I think they were doing colors. Like it'd be like red, blue, green. And then that, yeah. now they're just doing numbers. And uh, I think that like we we're talking about at the top of the show without biasing or kind of uh giving your influence to the grower on their thought they just can grow it and then see and smell what they're getting you know there's yeah. no uh nothing but this nothing is not on the be... markets this, these are tests for something that supposedly will come out but if, if they will tell me this is this with that i would be expecting something like this i have no idea and i really have to give my my honest opinion based on what I grow, what I smell, what I taste, what I feel. This one is, is minty fruit. I don't know. I like it. I don't know what it is. That one is sweet fruity. We have a strain so, called Mango Mentality. That's pretty popular around here. Wow. And uh, M- Mango Mentality? Yeah, don't Mango know. Mentality. So maybe it's an auto cross with that. Fruity mint. Sorry. <clears throat> Man, I'm still getting used to the dub idea and gets me dry mouth really fast. That's easy smell, and this is also fruity. Pretty much. Good stuff. Good stuff. And uh, I want to say welcome to Seed Person One, who joined us just a few minutes ago. Thank you for hanging out. How's it going, everybody? Good, good. How, How you doing, man? Pretty good. I had, We did some interesting stuff over on uh, Smart and Christie's show this afternoon. I thought you might appreciate seeing it. I would. What are you yeah. talking about here? So, oh, yeah, check this out, boys. Uh, it was a lot of fun. That's for sure. These are clones, but three of them are upside down. I'm both upside down so okay. we're gonna try and see no, if like physically upside down the top of the clone <laughs> is in this in the, the rooting pod to see if we can get the, the this is the control <laughs> that, was that one's right side up this one's in uh happy frog this one is in sand so the three upside down plants and see if i can get roots to grow out the top of the, the what was the top but is now the bottom wow it's gonna That's work wow. dude it's gonna work. It, it'll root, but I don't know if it'll air. start growing. That's gonna That's be the weird thing. That's what I was wondering because you know the phloem and the and the xylem 
uh, yeah do they so i've I had a, a creeper where uh when we were growing greenhouse the lower buds a lot of the time we would trim them because they'd you know hit the ground and then they start to mold but just for the fuck of it one time we on one of the more sativas just buried like the first few feet of branches and they just became like when we dug them up they were just giant roots but <laughs> this by itself being its own plant without the rest of the plant i'm really curious because like where are the new nodes going to start coming out like what well there's there's two nodes at the top of each of these so if they can grow down and up a little bit you know i don't know it's going to be interesting to see what happens I'm curious. Definitely. We'll also have you back on for an update and uh, see how this goes. If they root, that's the first question. I think that they will. I, my, my instinct is that yes, any buried portion of a cannabis plant um, for a long enough time, even if it's not buried, like air pruning, if you wrapped it up with soil and like a plastic shell or saran wrap or whatever, it'll start shooting roots out of the side of any stem on your plant, even uh, in the middle of flower. Jack, he put one in, in the sand, like he said. And I know that uh, Johnny Canaseeder over on the Eagle Show there was doing stuff in sand. And I thought that was pretty wild. So I think that's another one that I, I plan on looking forward to seeing how it goes. Yeah, Johnny gets 100% roots pretty much every single time he does that. Just sand in the bottom of like an old food takeout container and throws a little water with maybe a little aloe into that sand to hydrate it. But, I mean, it's uh, used for fruit trees and... Other. There's no drainage on his, right, Jack? On Johnny's? No, it just uh, stays completely sealed. I think that's to keep the humidity or moisture even throughout. Looks like we got a city picker here. What's in that? This is my this. So Spartan, I feel like I'm uh, in the principal's office right now because he's like, <laughs> "Don't plant a cover crop," and I planted a cover crop and it ate up all the nutrients, and then I got fungus gnats. So I Ooh. put a layer of compost on top, and it exploded the fungus gnat population so i chopped everything down and i buried it all in a pinch of sand and i put some worms in there hey, and that's, we live and learn we'll see what happens the gnats are gone there you go mostly <laughs> but yeah. yeah you might want to follow up with some if you haven't already maybe some nematodes in there that's my next step yeah yeah and if so. you can uh, just making sure that you're watering from that pipe and avoiding getting water on the topsoil because um, the drier you can keep the top, the less the fungus stats are going to want to be there. I mean, the sand is already a great start. Look at that freaking clover. It's already coming through the sand. Growing so. through the sand. Yeah. Fuck your sand. We'll come right <laughs> I see shit like this at the beach all the time. Life finds a way. This, this oh, might yeah. end up being a dump it all out and start over at some point, but no, you man, know, just cut. I'm just, just, just salvageable. No, dude, you just go and get those little things that look kind of like a scissors for for yard scissors or whatever they call them. And just go in there and just keep chopping it down and keep covering it with mulch or sand or whatever you're using. It'll eventually will die off. Yeah. Don't, don't throw it out. You're that, That's all adding back to the soil. Each one of those little plants, it is shooting out exudates in its, its roots as well. So that helps build your soil. So it's not exactly a terrible thing. It's just the moisture that if you let it get out of control, it can really be a problem. Well, and they fix nitrogen from the air, a lot of them. So it's like the clovers do. Yeah, once you chop it and drop it. Yeah, exactly. You got to chop it. You have to chop it to get that nitrogen boost, though. 
Oh, <laughs> I love the cats in the gardens, man. I, my, my two, I can't keep them out of there. Unfortunately, mine are probably the furriest I've seen. They get hair everywhere. Yeah, that is a chill like, cat. He is, he's just he, is he high? His back. Uh, he's no, happy. He's that's like, for sure. Uh, he's happy as fuck. That is a, a chill, <laughs> super happy cat. Look at him. Look, yeah. He's Time like, of his man. life. That's great, buddy. Was this yeah. one in the big pot? Was this that? That one's looking nice. Uh, this is white fire cookies from Namico. That looks really oh, nice. Um, amazing. It's in man. a 10 gallon pot. The bottom third is a mix of Stonington blend and lobster compost. That's the same stuff I used in the city picker because it's what I had. And then I've been just putting microbes in there and water. It's crushing right now. Is it, this is a veg space right now? Uh, this is second day of flower. Oh, okay. Or flip rather. Oh, yeah. I yeah. I remember I saw your Instagram post. And I was like, he's got She's one massive plant, huge. and those other plants are pretty small for having just flipped. But is this like a These are going to be pollen donors. Oh, okay. Hopefully, oh, okay. I'll get one male out of here just for some some pollen chucking, and then I'll cross. What are it with the uh, potential males? These are nine pound hammer. Ooh, boy, nice. So it'll be nine pound hammer to uh, the white fire cookies. And then nine pound hammer. So this is Grand Champagne from 2020. Oh, that's a nice one too. That's nice. So that Grand Champagne, what I, I would say, do you have a, anything with amino acids in it? No. Well, I, I can get up, something. Yeah. So Brandon I was, Rust. Yeah, I shot up Brandon Rust <laughs> to get some from him. The Amino Plus. Yeah, and, Amino and Plus. Uh, yeah, are you still in veg here? Yeah, this one's still veg. Yeah, I would pick up. Uh, I would pick up at least the Amino Plus. And that would be you could either fully. I would foliar is how I would how I'd do it. Um, and then if you wanted to go even one step full, closer, the amino is going to give you the greening up action a little bit faster because it's like uh, the nitrogen is what's used. We we know to make the to get it greened up right, but the nitrogen is used in the plant to build amino acids. So if you give it the amino acids, you're just kind of giving it one step ahead. So. Um, yeah, get that N amino plus, and I'll do that as a foyer. And then if that, and then if you wanted to even go one step fuller, you could feed something through the tube for the roots, like his okay. uh, his N carbon humate fertilizer that he did. He partnered with NASA. That would be my go-to. That's what I use. The N plus in the tube works too. You can water that shit in, as well as uh, if you just wanted to buy one product, and the amino N plus. Oh, like I, yeah, you can go from the bottom and foyer it. So that way it's in your soil as well as on the um, plant's leaf tissue and you're getting as much as possible. I would also say probably if you don't have it, uh, gypsum, I think like calcium and uh, sulfur are pretty good. Just cannabis tends to want a lot of both of those things and that could help as well. But yeah. Okay. Thank you guys. I will. He's also got a research. product that I, I want to really try some more of. He's got that calcium. Is it calcium silica? Calcium. SI? Oh, Calcil Plus. I've got that. Calcil Plus. Yeah. So yeah, if you were going to get two products, I would get the amino, and then the next one would be that Calcil, and you can mix them both, uh, and as a foliar or as a root drench or both. But uh, that that would be my options. But I'd be looking at. All right. Cool. Thank and you. And within a week or two, that should be greened up. I would think. Awesome. Yeah, I sprayed it with CalMag water, but that didn't really do much. So, but yeah, that's that's all I got going on over here. I'll uh, hop off so that somebody else when did can you, share. I'm sorry. Oh, you're all good, man. You can go, hang. No, go ahead. We how got long space. ago did you spray? How long ago did you spray that? Uh, two days. Okay. Well, do you remember the rate? Like, 
Oh. I did two and a half milliliters to a gallon of okay, Cali okay. Magic. And then a little bit of Dawn as a surfactant. Yeah. Yeah, you want... That should help. Yeah, that, that'll help. But I think that's still a little low. So if you okay. have that, you could probably come back with, with that same treatment again in the next couple of days if you don't see it getting a lot better. Okay. Cool. So we get quick fix and then more long-term stuff. So you can, yeah, and so you can get some amino acids or, or, or that calcio. Awesome. Thank you, guys. No problem, man. Thanks for coming on and showing it. Yeah, yeah thank you for sure. I want to take a second to welcome in Cheddar Bob, another guy who uh, grows lots of cherry pie. Not the forbidden fruit, yeah. just the straight cherry pie. Cheers, Cheddar yeah. Bob. How you doing? How's it going, guys? Good to see you. Cheers, man. Good I to always see you. enjoy my Sundays around this time. What's up, Cheddar? Oh, not much, Tao. How are you, man? Still alive. You, uh, you, I heard you were going to make it up to Maine this summer. Come visit. Uh, everything's a possibility. There you go. That's what I like to hear. No excuses. So, is that what you got right there? Cherry pie and something yeah. else, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just connect you from my the the Zoom, like the the windows and everything, all switched around. It's like updated or something. Yeah, it always updates. Uh, it's random. The, and then so, and Instagram also. There we go. So yeah, this is the cherry pie. Got a nice little bed here. Uh, we are. What are we in? Uh, I think I flipped these in the flower a few days after New Year's. So like, well, at least week week five, I guess. That's right about well, where I'm at too. Yeah, a little bed of cherry pie. This is really only. And oh well, before I do that, look at this. So oh, this, man. yeah, so this soil, right, sat in my garage in 55-gallon barrels for like six months. And when I replanted these I had a, and watered them in and stuff, I had a huge friggin' bloom of, of fungus gnats. Slowly and surely, uh, my, my predatory population came back to life. And I don't have any fungus gnats anymore. Nice. Oh, yeah. That's good. So it's yeah. So it's it's pretty sweet. Um, but yeah, two and I I don't even know if I can call this one a plant. It's got like I had to chop so much of it out just for space. It's got like four branches. But basically, for the, just, for the listeners, what were the predators that came back? So they know maybe. Um, I believe that they were the H miles. So what I I can never pronounce those, Matt. What are the yeah, hypo, hypo aspis miles or miles or stradiolaps schematis yeah. yeah and didn't they just change it to something else now or something uh they might have yeah the the um the lelapidae the group that they're part of is known as a waste be- waste bucket taxon which is just fancy wording for we're all going to just put them all in this one group because they basically look the same but they might not actually be too closely related yeah there you go conversion just those uh yeah i I, i'm not really sure what else is in there uh maybe some rove beetles Mm, um yeah definitely (laughs) probably some nematodes because i've i got worms in there and stuff and you know uh i I can imagine nematodes come back to life i can imagine usually 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 not Unless you have, I mean, maybe not anymore. <laughs> maybe not with the fungus gnats gone. 
<laughs> I, I thought that uh, after two weeks of receiving them home, to you could save them in the fridge for two weeks, more than that, they will die. And I thought it was that. So I can oh, save well, like them for you, longer? I mean, like, if they're in the substrate. Oh, like, so we'll, like if you like they're predatory. So like, you know what happens? Like soil. you okay, put like okay, millions yes. into your soil, and then they kill okay. the the prey, and then um, they reproduce. But then, like, if they don't find anything in enough time, then the population dies. So you might have a yeah, low level population if you still have some larvae running yeah, around or something. I mean, I, who knows? I I don't. I I don't. I don't. Certainly scope. not. I don't. Yeah, I haven't I haven't added anything to this bed. So whatever I've seen crawling around has been just dormant and kind of popped back up. So you might even have some native stuff that just creepy crawled its way in. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's very possible as well. So all good stuff, though. I'm glad. To see um, it. Oh, you know, my buddy did actually give me uh, with his worms from his worm bin. Um, would have been some some mites and stuff in there. So, oh, yeah, they put all kinds of good stuff in there, yeah. Um, so that they possibly could have populated from there as well. But I've gotten some, I'm not sure, I'm not sure where from either local yeah, or, I, or from the worm bin input. Yeah, I haven't added any, so they came from somewhere. <laughs> How long are you using yeah. that soil? Uh, let's see, this soil, um, one of these beds is going on five years, and one of them's going on three years. The same with respect. Wow. Yeah, so one bed's on like round sixteen, and the other one's on like twelve or so. And you don't you you cut them and you plant next. You don't take the roots. You let them break to the soil and yep. the bugs and the worms yep. do everything what they have to do. Like yep, we'll, they like do. We do on, they do everything. Oh, you know, I'll, I'll cut about right here. And then after a couple months, I can, this will be basically dead wood and mm. I'll just twist it and pull out the, the giant stock, but it won't have, it won't have a root ball left on it. It'll, it'll just look like a regular stick. Nice. So, yeah. And, and you, you know, don't I'll, move I'll, the beds, anything, sorry. No, I don't, re, I don't move the beds. I'll, I'll replant, you know, I'll just replant another plant here and here and here. I might go six next time. I might just go one. I'm not really a schedule or I'm just kind of like a seat of my pants kind of grower. Roughly how much are you, are you transplanting in? Like how much do you dig out? Like a solo cup, a one gallon or? Uh, it it really depends what needs to be flowered in my bedroom. <laughs> so it could be, it could be a solo cup. It could be a one gallon. It could be a half gallon. I've put a three gallon in there before. So. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, over here we've got uh let's see this half of the bed is gorilla glue number four and this is a bubba bubba kush and then back here is mr toad's one hitter quitter so yeah super cool man really cool yeah, I, I think I, I don't know if the last time i was on that i had thrown them into flower yet or not but I don't. I don't think I had. So, figured I'd give you a little it. update and see what's going on. Uh, one cool thing I have noticed is uh, this cherry pie. I I grew it outdoors and took a new cutting um, from the outdoor grow, and it almost like reset the plant, um, if you will. Like these, 
these these flowers are noticeably larger earlier than the past generations that I that I had grown indoors, you know, five or six runs of it. DJ so, Short said he would do that every summer. He would take his best mothers and put them outside for like a month or two, get plenty of outdoor sunshine. And he believed that it would regenerate them and then he'd be able to take better clones off of them. And yeah, um, I, th- I think you're I seeing mean, the direct result. It, it feels it, it feels that way for sure. It's the sun. We yeah. cannot it, mimic yeah, the sun yet. See, <laughs> the plant looks way different out, grown out in the sun and underneath the light. Yeah. Oh, same I used to give all my in and out. Very my plants that I wouldn't kill off, I'd give them to my barber and he grew them out in the sun of San Diego. And some of the best expressions, best buds, even better than like my best indoor runs were from like his <laughs> neglected outdoor run. It just happened to be in a great environment. Yeah, we may say it's the sun, but it might be other factors as well. As I was so many factors. About that. No, yeah. it's all the factors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but sure. I still Chicha? believe, yeah, the yeah. sun has a lot to do with it, undoubtedly. But the sun, the moon, the... I mean, we don't. You don't use light. the birds they, singing, they the fucking the bu- bugs, fucking crawling around, everything. everything the sounds, worms. It's water. So the, the, uh, the tree fairies, the, come the clock you just the roots. Five forty-five out here on the west coast, which is typically the time that I pass it over. I can't believe it's already this time, but I'm gonna kick it over to Spartan Grown to let him uh, get his final thoughts and shout out in before he has to head on over to the Michigan Bros. Bro, Michigan Bros. Grow Show in about fifteen hey, minutes. Thanks, Jack. Thanks, everybody on the panel. I love these kinds of shows. This is kind of what it's what I'm all about, the community. I think, I don't know if I remember, I think I was going to say this earlier, but I didn't say it. But I think really in the end, what, what we all need to do is just make sure and encourage everybody to home grow who can. And that's how we win, man. Fuck all these stupid rules, <laughs> regulations. And uh, I think the way we all can win is to share our, our knowledge collectively like we always have. And to continue to do our own thing and let them do what they want to do. And we can all exist at the same time. Agreed. Uh, yeah. So other than that, much love to everybody. Just keep growing. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Oh, hell Thanks, love, buddy. Peace out, Spartan. <laughs> see you. It's a pleasure, man. Thank you. Don't shoot any aliens, buddy. <laughs> hey, I totally Matthew. agree, though. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jeff. No, no, yeah. you, you go. I, I, I have a question for you. Have you heard about um, in the last week a mite issue with some food source being poisoned by something? Yeah, I was on that. Um, I was on that uh, MLG, MGL, MLG. Have, have you guys already talked about that today? Tonight? No, we haven't talked about it today. Oh, is but, it, could, could, could you explain that to me? Yeah. So basically, um, um, Andrew, who is the owner of a company called Biotactics, um, he had, so he's in sectary. So he grows predatory mites, right? He harvests them and then he sells them and he, he, he develops them in-house, right? He raises them in-house. He doesn't, he's not a distributor. He's like a true, true insectary. Exactly. He has to raise them on the prey. And so in this case, it was spider mites and he raises those spider mites on bean plants. And he does that because they're very easy to reproduce on bean. Bean is a pretty, well, honestly, uh, you know, green beans are really vulnerable to a lot of pests, but spider mites, there's, there's even bean strain spider mites that just go ham 
So when he got the seeds from the distributor, the distributor allegedly, um, they messed up and they put some insecticides they shouldn't have put up and the spider mites were fine. The spider mites were like, no problem, a little bit spicy. I like it. The predator mites all died, like millions. No. Yeah, so so he called them up and he asked them to check what plant, what what compounds were applied, because there's a fungicide that's applied to them and it doesn't affect anything, apparently. But the insecticide would. And I guess they're used to spraying a bunch of bean plants with a systemic. I mean, these are seeds, okay? So they're they're there's like a coating, I think, is what happens, but it gets into the seed. It's a systemic. Um, like a slow release kind of. It was seeds. You're correct. It was seeds. Yeah. So these aren't like plugs. This has been litigated already. So what he's about to discuss, like there's already been lawsuits and this has been settled in court. So um, is it already settled? So my understanding, the reason that biotactics is even able to talk about it is because they won. They already went through. My understanding was that they were still building some sort of support for something greater. Okay. That could be the case. I know at least that the initial um, from what I heard, he was, the the owner of biotactics said um and there may be ongoing stuff but he's like we have won certain cases so i can say certain amounts of things oh really okay well i don't know i don't know what is um germane to say but what i will say is that this uh uh from their mouth that they spoke and you can see it on the mgl podcast that uh is mgl and mlg master GML. GML. I got it wrong. GML. GML. Okay. GML podcast. Yeah. Okay. Not Major League Gaming. Yeah. The Grandmaster Light. Level. Level. Anyways, you can go and check it out. There's a, it's a long story. But one of the things that he said was that he talked to them. And he asked them what they applied. And they were like, oh, yeah, we applied. I don't remember which compounds in the moment just now, but I did recognize them earlier. And they were like some nasty stuff. And he's and he's like, oh, you did? And like, wait, no, I mean, no, we didn't do that. And like, like he already said it. And so that's why I say alleged, because like, you know, it's literally playing phone tag. Or I mean, uh, it's literally playing, you know, telephone. So, <laughs> you know, I want to be responsible. But like, if that's the case, that's really bad. Yeah, I reasons. think that I think that's what happened. They, the um, the provider of the seeds, or he got to the point where they know that that wrong uh, insecticide or whatever was added to the seed. He got that admission, or he got that proof, so now he can talk about it. I believe is what happened. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I see. I see. Yeah, and so, he also said that the. Um, so the spider mites, when they reproduce, they're actually even more poisonous to the uh, beneficial yeah. bugs. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, so, that so they were bio. Sorry, I'm spotlighting myself. Sacred Garden, oh. you jumped in. I don't know if you're trying to flip the camera around so that you don't show yourself, or if you want to be on camera or not. But if you wanted to, you could just unmute yourself and then uh, go go ahead and jump in. <laughs> you're, you're on mute right now, still. Oh shit. I thought he was trying to flip his uh, camera around. Maybe he's having a little technical difficulties. There you go. He's got it now. Yeah. There, it's flipped around. He's still mute, though. Yeah, you're still muted. Still on mute. 
but sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut you off there, uh, Matthew and, and Tao. That is an interesting oh, yeah. debacle yeah, that is, is currently happening. Evil that I saw it just from yeah, Biotechnics so Instagram. I, I guess my question is, is that um, like an isolated incident or is this something that should be starting to be looked at in instances of like, population death in these insectaries and stuff. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, I don't know how common it is. I have a I have a, a sneaking suspicion that if something like this happened to like say, I don't know, copper biological or um you know bioline. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it would get litigious quickly. And I'm sure that they would have the ability to record, you know, what happened and they have multiple insectaries in different um, countries so biotactics <coughs> i think what added insult to injury is because um and biotactics andrew has not been very active on social media for like a couple of years and so this was an explanation as to why because i think this was also happening right after his son was born or his or his, his um, child i'm not actually sure the um the sex but that happened very recently and also i believe he was making some moves in um South Africa or somewhere. He was trying to maybe make a sectary or expand. And like, you know, this was catastrophic. So not a, it not is a unfortunate. Huge... <laughs> yeah. So I don't want to, I don't want to post it. But... It might've been a, a story post that I saw, but the guy actually came on and like talked one-on-one -on -one to the camera on his IG. And uh, that that's where I heard that he had, some litigious stuff go down but before we close it out because we only have about seven minutes left oh yeah uh, that's secret true. <laughs> garden uh i know you've been in here for a little bit and then i asked you to unmute and then uh, we didn't give you a chance there to talk so what are we looking at and if you could turn your phone to the side that way we could see a little bit more of the uh it should snap hopefully there we go yep, boom there you go good oh. all right and then, and then is if you can unmute then you could go ahead and tell us what we're looking at can you hear me yes yeah all right um this is the I had from Masonic Seeds, I had uh, just one male. It was a street fighter. And then I have from Pyramid Seed Company, Purple Urkel. It was the one female that I had. And uh, I, hit, I hit the male to the female outdoor. I had a bunch of seeds and I just started um, like 25 of them. And I killed a few of them because they, I didn't, I didn't plant them straight down with the point down. So they were like wrapping around each other, but it was like almost a hundred percent success uh, germination rate. And they're already purple. Like they're all already purple, except for this one in the back is green. That one right there. But like, I even have like little purple on this one, the insides of it already turning purple. Nice. See that? And there's already like trichomes, I don't know. They're tiny, but they're like, I don't know. This is something pretty cool for me. But uh, the next ones, I'm going to start soaking my Amy Aces. I'm going to do those next. So I'm excited to do those. But uh, I think you'll like the Amy Aces a lot. Yeah. All yeah. hail Tao. All hail Tao. Hey, Amy does get around. Thank you, Tao. International <laughs> girl and boys. Oh, yeah. Because uh, they're our regular seeds so you got to watch out for the males if you're not planning to do breeding work with them but um no, i prefer regular seeds anyway so just in case i mean you find something good you might want to make some more well i hate to uh wrap things up so quickly but i appreciate you coming on and showing off your garden how about you let the people know where they can find you um i'm on 
uh, Instagram, Sacred Garden Salves. You can awesome, find me right man. there. All right. And I'm on YouTube too, Sacred Garden. So if you guys want to just find me. I'm following you, I think, on both spots. So cheers and, and thank you for coming on. Uh, cool checking out your stuff. And uh, right. next up, we got Chucha B. Thank you, guys. Have have a blessed Sunday, uh, blessed week. Peace yeah, out. Cheers. See you, Sacred. Oh, yeah. B, well, any final thoughts and shout outs? Where, where can people find you? Uh, well, thanks for having me. It's always cool to hang out with you guys. It's really, you know, awesome that you open up and I have. You guys all have great information and hopefully you had a great weekend. And it's going to be nice here in Michigan this week. So hopefully you can enjoy the week too. And yeah, cheers to all y'all. Cheers to you. Next Very up, well. we got Cheddar Bob. Where can the people find you? Hey, Any final hey, thoughts hey, and shout out? Uh, no, just thank you, Jack and Spartan and Matthew and and all you guys for the time you put in for us. It's it's cool. You guys are always keeping us up to date and on stuff that's going on, and your knowledge is priceless. So just really appreciate your time and 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 having people like me and and all of us home growers come on and feel like feel like we're we're part of the club you know it's it's cool it's a it's a good community thing so thank you appreciate it i love that element i mean it is in the name of the show growing with my fellow growers the original host used to just reach out to people he might not even hardly know when i first met him we barely knew each other on instagram and he's like hey i'd love to interview you do a podcast and then it all kind of uh rolled into what it is today and I, I think that having more people from the community on is what the show's heart and souls have all been about and i can't be happier that it's continued to evolve this way and uh, we get to see more and more gardens and answer people's questions and even just get to hang out like it's a super bowl sunday a lot of people aren't actually watching that and don't really care they might watch the commercials or the halftime show more than the actual game and some of them aren't even watching i'm more of a puppy bowl guy myself as i joked about at the top of the show but with that said uh next up we got the dog doctor Sorry. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me, and congratulations. I love the number today, 202. It's really, really a fun number, and it's an amazing job. I mean, I mean, 202 episodes, 202 weeks, it's, it's respect. Thank you. And thank you, Spartan, Tao, Matthew, Cesar. Thank you, Shattered Smart, everybody that jumps in and that does the show and makes it happen. And uh, I'm Dog Doctor. You can find me in... Uh, Instagram as Dog Doctor Official or in Grow Diaries and uh, as Dog Doctor Official. I have to shout out, of course, Aptos for sponsoring my nutrients for my plants. And this week, I'm uh, shouting out Super Sativa Seed Club. This is why I'm wearing their shirt for the seeds that it's in and for everything. Great, great stuff so far they, they're sending. So much respect. Thank you, Wells. Thank you, Shat. Grows love to you all. One of the OGs in the game, Super Sativa Seed Club, SSSC. I've been looking at their pictures since I was a little boy, first getting into <laughs> yeah. cannabis, those catalogs, them and basically, uh, you know, the Seed Bank of Holland, uh, which Neville, RIP. Yeah, a lot passion. of good stuff. Yeah. Early, early stuff. But, old uh, guys. A lot of OGs, and I'm happy that some of them are still out there, putting seeds out there for the community to keep on growing. And with that said, another amazing grower and guest panelist this week, Crispy Wannabe and Smot Poker. Thank you, Jack. It is an honor to be here with all of you. I consider you the, the this is the cool, where the cool kids hang out. And it's <laughs> like hanging out with rock stars and you make us feel so comfortable coming on and sharing our garden and experience with you all. Big grower love. You can find me here every Sunday at 7 p.m. 
Same here. Grow or love, gang. Grow or love. Uh, yeah. And definitely check out their YouTube. Uh, Smart Poker and Chris Buonavie on YouTube. They've got great shows, The Hump Days and Confused, and uh, The Sundays and Confused. It's uh, great stuff over there. Hump Days. It's a uh, just great, great energy, great vibe, good people, lots of great guests. Uh, some of the panelists that have been on this show have been on there sometimes several times. So make sure to go check out their back catalog and their current week-to-week stuff because they've got tons of great content to put out there. So we really appreciate you both coming on. Always a pleasure to have you. And uh, like she said, they're there every Sunday. They're some of the first people in the comments almost every week. So we appreciate you, uh, loyal listeners and many others like them as well out there who are listening right now. So thank you all so much. And uh, the first panelist this evening of our regulars is Matthew Gates. Yeah, this all went pretty fast. And I really liked all the, even some of the off-topic conversation. It was pretty fun and interesting. And I like that. Uh, chat seems even more lively. I've been saying this for several weeks now, but I do feel like we're um, we're having all kinds of cool interactions. So I appreciate that as well. But I'm going to get to it. You can find me at zenthanol.com for professional inquiries, zenthanol, the YouTube channel, and also on Instagram and Sync, uh, Instagram and Twitter, just at SyncAngel, S-Y-N-C-H-A-N-G-E-L, and check out my Patreon if you want to support the YouTube and all that stuff. Have a good one. Absolutely. Make sure to support him and check out his content. Tons and tons of great stuff. I agree, though. Uh, I saw Cheddar Bob pan down. Weed should taste good. And Cheddar, before I pass it over to Tao, what's the superhero of the day? I'd be remiss if I didn't ask. He's muted, but we're going to see it. It looks like we've got, is that uh, Venom? Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Classic. With the black on top, I was thinking Venom, but, you know. Web Spinner. That's right. That's right. And last and certainly not least of our regular panelists this evening, the American one. Jack, always great job hosting. Thank you. And it's good seeing everybody. Shout out to Chicha B, Seed Person, Dog Doctor Official, Cheddar Bob, Sacred Gardens, and Crispy and Smart Poker. Thanks for showing off your gardens and hanging out with us. Um, and yeah, definitely check out Smart, and, uh, Smart Poker and Crispy shows on Sunday and Wednesday. And uh, yeah, I'm the American one on uh, YouTube and the American one underscore with underscore Keens on the IGs. Most of you know me. If you search the American one on uh, IG, hopefully I'll pop up a little guy with an American top hat on. That would be me. And yeah, you could uh, hit me up there. So peace, everyone. And good to see everyone in chat. I've been in and out. And yeah, it's great to be here. And we'll catch you next week, if not somewhere in between. Jack, you got to do the Dr. Evil. Always a pleasure. I was talking about the puppy ball. Here's my cat. That's Tallulah. (laughs) Everyone else was showing off the cat. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Have a blessed week. (laughs) And uh, Sacred Garden, did I, did I, uh, we we got your shout out. I'm the last one, I guess, technically as the host at Jack Greenstock. You can find me on Instagram. Jack underscore Greenstock is my backup account and my name on Twitter. If you want to email me, jackgreenstock47 at gmail.com. And if you'd like a copy of the book, 50 Strains of Green, you can go to 50strains.com. 50 Strains of Purple is still in the works. Hopefully in the next couple of months, I'll get that finished up. But, uh, you know, busy, busy and uh, doing my best. But I appreciate everybody, the listeners and uh, everybody who came tonight. Tao did a great job listening to everybody off, so I'm not going to double it up. But we've gone a few minutes over. Make sure you go check out the Michigan Bros Grow Show tonight and show them some love and support because we support all the cannabis shows in the community that I'm aware of that are cool and friendly to all the community. So. Shout out to them and shout out to all the other shows out there. Peace and love, everybody. Have a great one. Grows love. Catch you. Grows love.